here we go, episode one, off the rails. It's going to be fun. <laughs> All right. Hey, how's it going, everybody? This is the Off the Rails podcast. I'm Caleb Graham. I have with me in studio, Mr. Eli Gable. We're not going to cut to him yet. So he's still off to the side, but we have some things to cover first before we get going. First of all, we need to announce our giveaway winner of the Bose headphones. They're over here. So Kelly Loy, congratulations, local. You won the headphones. It actually was a worldwide thing, so I was going to ship it. We ended up working. I can just deliver it myself. So congratulations. Uh, you won the first OTR podcast giveaway. We do have another giveaway coming. And that's going to happen right now. It's starting right now. For audio listeners, you're going to want to go to Instagram to make sure that you can get uh, put into this uh, giveaway, this drawing. But uh, for video, we can show you what we're giving away. We're going to give away a oh, we're going to give away a portable. That's upside down. Portable TV, right? So you can plug this one into your car. I don't know. You might want to watch the game. You can go tailgating with it, or you can plug it in at home, whatever you want. But you're going to want to go to the link in the description of this video or on the Facebook post or our Instagram page to get entered into that. That's going to run until next Tuesday, uh, January whatever. Today's January 5th. So I don't know what next Tuesday is. I should probably know that. But that is what is going to happen. Um, so you have a week to get entered into that. Uh, so I'm honored to be here. Let me find my foot switch. There it is. To be with Eli Gable. How you doing, man? I am doing well. Inaugural episode of Off the Rails. Right. I like it. Yeah. I'm liking the setup. I like cameras and stuff. So it's fun walking in here. <laughs> we'll get we'll like get this. into cameras and stuff, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, you just got back from Nashville. Yeah. And you moved down there, what, six months ago? Yeah, I moved down July 1st was the day that I packed up my Kia Soul, RIP. It's gone now. Oh, no, what happened to I didn't change the oil. <laughs> I've been there. But, uh, yeah, so yeah. how's Nashville been? Like, you moved down there, obviously, to, you know, you want to pursue music. Mm -hmm. and, and, I've you know, I've been following you on Instagram. I've seen a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So what do you uh, – how, how, is it what you expected? Is it more than you expected? I know it's a little different this year with COVID and everything. Right. But how's that been so far? No, I'm, I mean, that's – like, like it's, it's an awesome city. I, I put on Instagram, I said like, you know, there's nothing special about the city itself. You know, it's not like you move to like uh, the West and you have like the giant canyons and stuff like that, or you move to the East coast and you have like the beautiful oceans. And it's like, man, this looks like, looks completely different than Cambridge, Ohio, but it's just, uh, just everyone's there for the same reason with music and stuff. So it's just real, real, the people are really what makes it like that, that cool thing. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of kind of just met buddies along the way. A lot of us are pretty new there um, that we all just kind of hang out and we work on music together. We play a lot of shows together and stuff, which is really cool. And somehow we've been able to keep on doing shows throughout COVID, which is right. its own. I've seen uh, some of them. You do a lot of them at what, Alley Taps, is that? Yeah, Alley Taps, Belcourt Taps. Um, the Taps family has been fantastic. That's not their last name. Their last name okay. is Taps. But the, the Taps circuit has been really good to me. Um, you I'm always singing behind a shower curtain right. at one of them. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm glad to be doing in front of a microphone without a shower curtain. Right. Yeah. And we don't have to spit on each other. It's right. a little, little farther apart, but, uh, 
but yeah, that's exciting. Um, I know I've been doing some stuff with some guys from Nashville. I'm excited to oh, yeah. finally get some stuff with you. I've been yeah. waiting, but we need to get you guys connected. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've been... Robin, it. <laughs> Calvert, hit me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. And Adam, he's actually around here still, so yeah. he'll he'll probably be in here pretty soon. But we are, um, we're doing a lot of different stuff, a lot of covers, stuff like that, which has been fun. But I, I don't know, I've... It's been fun, and I think I'm liking it more than I'm liking sports right now. Yeah. But with that said, you can't get away from sports. I mean, they're here, and I'm in this area. I like supporting this area. So we're going to continue that, obviously. But (laughs) I have had a good time uh, learning the – you know, it's more of a creative side, I guess, versus the, you know, just action that's happening, whatever. But I guess with that, are you more music? Are you more singer songwriter or singer songwriter? Obviously, but do you enjoy singing more, or songwriting more, or is it you know something else? Songwriting is like my favorite. Um, I, I get asked because I play drums in Nashville too. So, like people ask me like, what's the end goal? And it's like being a songwriter. That's like, that's my passion. That's what I love to do. That's what I'll do for free. You know, um, I, I don't know at this point, I've, I've been trying to write a song a day for probably the past five or six years. So it's just like a habit at this point. Like I, so I can't ever stop that. So songwriter first, and then really, I never intended on doing like any singing or even releasing too much music. I released an album in high school and, uh, that was really fun, but that was more for me just so that I could have something to show people like the songs that I've written. Um, but yeah, so like songwriter first, um, a little bit of drumming too. A little right? bit of drumming in there. Drumming's <laughs> fun. Uh, there's, yeah, yeah. That's something like like I've been doing that. That came before even songwriting. I think in okay. second grade I started playing drums. So like, just another thing. I can't really get away from it. I love doing it. Whenever I moved down to Nashville, I was like, you know, I'm only gonna focus on songwriting, and I'm not gonna I'm gonna give drums a break for a little bit. And then my buddies found out that they needed drummers and then they're like hey you said that you play drums right and i was like yeah so i'm back to lugging some gear around nashville my honda accord is full of drum equipment right now there so. you go so you went from kia to honda yeah yeah i went to a honda r.i.p that kia <laughs> that's what i i actually i had my i love my honda i had a crv for a long time yeah. and uh now i'm in a Hyundai, which mm-hmm. is, it's still a good car, but my CRV, it bit the dust too. Um, been through a few cars, but we are actually, we're supposed to have Mr. Ethan Clewo over here with us. I got ahead of myself. Um, but usually he's going to be over here to, I don't know. What is that stage? That's my left. I don't know. Stage left, whatever. I don't, whatever that is, <laughs> it's audio. They, <laughs> unless you're watching on YouTube, Off to the side, right? Yeah. But, uh, he'll usually be here. So if my cuts are a little weird, it's cause I'm using this foot pedal. So I'm, I might be dancing a little bit, but, uh, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, cause I just, we're jumping right into it. And right. That's fun. I do want to tell everyone, uh, you know, make sure you guys are using the hashtag OTR podcast off the rails podcast. Um, you can get entered into our monthly giveaways that way. We're going to this year, this year, yeah, I guess this year is a new year, but this, this, <laughs> this month, is January 1st, actually, this is the first yeah, it, new well, podcast, new year recorded January 1st, recorded January 1st. They're, uh, actually, yeah, we got to talk about new year still I'm getting ahead of ourselves, <laughs> but, uh, this month is a $50 steak and ale gift card Ooh. to enter into that. All you got to do is use the hashtag, hashtag OTR podcast, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. 
anywhere. We're going to be looking through all of those and picking someone out. Uh, but that is something I wanted to get into was, uh, you know, it is January 1st for it's us. January 1st. But uh, what do we, you know, what, you have any New Year's resolutions, anything, you know, you wanted to, you know, obviously you could, you could do some things better this year from last year, but granted, you know, the year is what you make it. So, you know, 2020 could have been a good year for some people. It might wasn't generally a great year, but, uh, what are some things, you know, maybe some resolutions you have for 2021 coming up? So I haven't eaten yet today. And that is because I I was doing some work still, still working for disrupt media out of Zanesville, uh, working from home right now. But, uh, and I haven't ate because I couldn't eat any of the food at my house. So what, uh, I saw you're on a little, little Caesars diet. Are you still doing that? And, I, so and why? It starts today. I haven't ate. Oh, okay. Today, and that's because <laughs> I haven't been able to go out to Little Caesars yet. And doing all of January, I'm eating nothing but Little Caesars pizza. So, One Little Caesars pizza a day. So why? I would love to be sponsored by Little Caesars. <laughs> like, like I, one, I love them. So what, what happened was um, I was writing a song with my friend and uh, it was kind of a, a tongue-in-cheek song. It's called Deliminate, as in when life gives you dilemmas, you make the lemonade. So we were having fun with it, and uh, we got to the second verse of it. And I don't know who brought it up, but it, like, it it needed some sort of like fast food reference or like a chain restaurant reference. I was like, hey, let's use Little Caesars, and it just kind of worked in the song. And so then me and my co-writer got talking about Little Caesars for a while, and she brought up, she was like, you know, everybody does like these like Whole 30s and stuff like that. She was like, I just want to do like the pizza diet, you know, nothing but Little Caesars. Okay. And then I was like, shoot, I'll actually do it. So then uh, I started making a big deal about it on social media to my friends just because I knew that if I didn't tell people about it, then I wouldn't hold myself accountable to it. Right. So I also, I believe in the resilience of the human body. This isn't much worse than I eat normally. It's and, not much worse than most people eat normally. Yeah. Have you looked into the like nutrition facts? Have you, Cause you know, I've seen some, like I've heard you could eat like potatoes and live like yeah, potato I mean, and salt and butter. And I think like the, the human body could live off of that. Like, I've seen that. I know my brother, he did a week of eating just potatoes. Um, but also earlier this year on accident, I did a week wherever I just had apple pie and ice cream. So like now that's a week though, you know, that is a little different, but, uh, yeah. So basically like sodium is killer in the pizza. So I'm like, this is going to be the start of a lot of water that I drink today. (laughs) Maybe we can get them sponsored. Aquafina. (laughs) You like Aquafina? I like Aquafina. I'll take it. Um, so a lot of that, but there is at least a lot of protein in the pizza, like, a ton so i'm still going to be trying to uh my goal is against all the odds i want to be in better shape going out of this year than i am going right. into this year so that's uh yeah that's been a big thing for me too is through i pizza. started especially th- oh, through pizza <laughs> yeah i don't know if mine will like be through january, pizza i want to be in better shape at the end of january than i am starting into it right now. oh okay i see what yeah. you're saying yeah but that's that's one of my resolutions too obviously that's a lot of people's resolutions mm-hmm. are to get into the gym i've been i've been in the gym but i haven't been involved in the gym right? right so i've been i don't know just going through the motions right but yeah. basically once holiday season hit oh <laughs> it just you're like i don't have time you do but 
you know, you, so that, that was a big thing for me was, uh, for this, I need to really focus in on getting back to a routine. Um, I was in one for a while and I was, yeah, dude, you had a huge transformation. Oh, I was, I'm, I'm still okay. Right. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, I've been just, slacking like, off, right? But yeah, so it's, uh, I'm excited for that. I'm hoping I can get into my routine. I'm, I'm my goal, you know, cause you always want to have numbers set with your goals right because right. if you don't then you're just Smart reaching goals, for nothing specific measurable obtainable right yeah i learned this sometimes r is Re T reachable maybe I, maybe I reachable actually, i literally so i work in marketing so i'm making a webinar right now and right that's and that's where i was gonna i was gonna go i was gonna ask you a little bit about disrupt yeah. and and some of that so keep digging oh yeah yeah so i mean i was just i was working on a webinar uh, for something that we're doing. And then I had to go through and talk about smart goals. And then an author that I really like, his name is John Acuff. So he, he creates smart f goals, which is smart F goals, which is, it's all those specific, measurable, obtainable, whatever R and T is, but then the F is fun because you have to have fun with your goals. If not, then you'll never want to reach them. But yeah, no disrupt has been a huge part of my life. Um, that's a started there right after I graduated high school. Mm -hmm. I'd never heard about it all throughout high school. And then uh, I was actually, I was in a Zane State program for engineering, got my associates in engineering, but I was like, I can't do math. Like, like <laughs> I wasn't good at it. Um, I don't know really how I got through, but um, yeah. Then I found these people that were like, hey, we do marketing for uh, funeral homes. I'm like, right. it sounds interesting. So applied there. And then for the past now almost we're, this July, or this June, this June will be three years for me. So it's, okay. it's been uh, kind of my whole quote unquote college career working at Disrupt Media. Cool. And doing marketing and social media, especially. So, yeah. And I know uh, I, I looked into it a little bit, you know, yeah. briefly after high mm -hmm. school. But, uh, you know, you, you start to think you're like, marketing for funeral like that's right. so weird but the more you look into it it really does make a lot of sense um and i know ryan does a good job up there maybe oh, we fantastic. maybe we can get him on here i bet oh we, we can you think him he'd on. get on here yeah good i want to talk he does he has something with like hats doesn't he, he loves like hats yeah and, yeah he sells clothes and all does that he? stuff so yeah I've, I've seen some of that stuff i don't know and what what all does he sell does he have like a shop or yeah. is it like a disrupt shop or something now yeah there's uh dis i think it's disruptkicks.com um, but if anyone just gets on social media and follows Ryan Fog Martin, then, uh, you can find it there. But yeah, no, I mean, he's just, there's like a lot of people who like, like everyone has that, like one idea, you know, right. that it's like, okay, this is genius, but he's just a dude who has just a lot of ideas and he follows up on them and he puts teams together and stuff like, you know, it's, it's that's, pretty cool to be around. Yeah. I, that's a big thing I've always seen is, you know, I, I've met a lot of people, especially in this area that have a lot of ideas, right? right. But they're just ideas. You know, you got to follow through with them. That's something I've always like been an, an initiator of is I'm like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm right. not going to, you know, just think I, I know so many people. And so, I think surrounding yourself with people like that, that are taking initiative and you can see them, you know, trying to push the envelope of what they're trying to do. I think that's big. Um, I see that a lot with like Ryan and Adam, you know, for yeah. example, um, you know, working with them, they've become, you know, they're not necessarily, they're not like acquaintances or a client anymore. Right. They're like, they're right. just really good friends, you know? And so and I, I do, I need to apologize to Robin that real quick because 
earlier I was joking. I'm like, yo, hit me up. But actually, I hit him up. He hit me back. It's <laughs> like, like he's, he's been great. Oh, he's so, a busy man, too. He's, he's a busy man. He's hitting social media hard Dude, all it, the time. Like, like he's. I don't know if people around here realize, but like he's a name that like sometimes people will ask me like when I'm in Nashville, like, hey, where are you from? Like oh. Cambridge, Ohio. They're like, well, what's there? And I'm like, well, actually, the first thing that I talk about is how you know, it's close to Zanesville, which was on Tiger King yeah. in the first episode. But then, like, I'd normally bring up, I'm like, yeah, if you've ever heard of Ryan Robinette, he's from, you know, Cambridge, Byesville area. And then they, I mean, they always know who he is. You know, he's a well-known name in Nashville. Yeah. Oh, no. That, he knows a lot of writers, a lot yeah. of singers. Um, and that's, you know, that's a valuable tool in itself. But mm -hmm. he does so much social media. I mean, oh yeah, he, he just, he's on, he's killing it. I mean, he's got Instagram down, you know, he's trying to teach me about all the algorithms and right. how that stuff works, but he's got, he's got that on lock pretty well. Uh, and I know Adam, he's starting to figure it out. He's, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know when he came back. I know he went to Gatlinburg actually to, to be in a, a play or a musical. And then he was on MTV yeah, for, I I, what was that show called? I don't, I, I, forget I can't remember, it, but, yeah. uh, you know, now he's back here, he's making songs and I think his ultimate goal is going to actually, congratulations, Adam. He just got engaged, oh. uh, yesterday, I think Heck. early well, it's January 5th, right? right. So <laughs> yesterday, ja ago. yeah. So yeah. Uh, whatever the math, I think it was December 30th. <laughs> so congratulations, Adam. Um, uh, I think we're going to have to make you Mr. Hardwick instead of mrs calvert um pages good job page you're killing it <laughs> but, but i did want to talk a little bit more let me look it up here i had something on my mind yeah i want to talk a little more about uh your move to nashville yeah what you know what inspired you to do that what i guess let's start at the beginning even what what got you into music i have an idea but for the people <laughs> that have no idea or just learning about you what got you into music and you know what's kept you going How'd you get to Nashville? Yeah. Kind of your story. So Yeah, yeah, for sure. So like, I mean, my story with music starts before me, you know, it starts with my dad, and my uncle, um, playing music, my dad or my uncle playing music with Kirby, you mm -hmm. know, like, so way, way back seventies, eighties, maybe. When was that? <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so, so, uh, my uncle though, my dad, they had a Christian country group called the Gable brothers and they did that, um, all throughout the nineties. And then like, whenever I was born in 99 and they kept on doing it, I forget their last album that they released was like 2005 or something like that. So like all throughout my childhood and stuff, I was always around the studio, uh, watching them record their music. I was always out watching their shows and stuff like that. And then of course I was always seeing my dad practice and also along with that, write songs. He's, he's a fantastic writer. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. It was just kind of like, you just kind of grew it's, up it's with it. It's a family habit almost, right. you know, it's just, it's some, I mean, some people it's, you watch football every Saturday or Sunday or whatever. And, you know, for, it was, for us, it was just kind of like, okay, he gets off work, he hangs out with us. And then the other thing that he does in life is play music. So that was kind of just the, the next step. So, uh, I got started on drums mainly cause, uh, I had zero pitch. So singing <laughs> definitely wasn't going to be the thing whenever I was young. So I uh, got, got behind a set that actually he bought for uh, my brother and I, but mainly my brother, because my brother had a little bit more rhythm at that point. But uh, I just, I, I love just beating the tar out of that <laughs> thing. And my poor neighbors, shout out to oh, the yeah. Halls. I thank them, I thank them quite a bit because uh, like without them, you know, if they would have been the neighbors that like called the cops on me every time that I played drums and stuff, like I 
none of this would have happened. So super right. thankful for them. Um, but yeah, so I, I started playing drums and then at the same time that I was learning drums, my dad was teaching my brother bass guitar. Okay. And, uh, so then the three of us, we would play just at church and stuff like that all the time. And, uh, played a little, like some nursing homes and stuff like right. that. And then somewhere along the way, just the writing bug really got onto me. And, uh, so really I learned how to play guitar just so that I could songwrite. Um, and then, I mean, that's. I, th- I think I was in fifth grade whenever I started. I had a green spiral notebook that I would just like. Just write in. Just, yeah, just write song ideas. and they Taking were probably after Eminem. Taking, taking some Eminem notes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Got yeah. your giant notebook full of just all your notes sitting there. Right. What, um, I'll let you keep going, but what, no, it's all good. what part got you, you know, at what point in this line did you think, this is what I want to do? You know, this is. This is I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Nashville. That's what I want to do. I'm gonna go live out this this lifestyle of of the music of music and songwriting. Right. You know, I'm if you grew up in it, but then what point did it hit you? And you're like, I'm gonna go do this, or was it just kind of a just slow build up kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, like Nashville. Basically, what what it was. My dad would take some trips to Nashville and stuff like that, and then he would come back talking about how amazing it is for music and stuff like that. And then he just always kind of ingrained like, hey, if you're really serious about music, then at some point you're probably going to need to make the move to Nashville. So I remember I was in in second grade. They were like, hey, the project was like, what's your favorite city or something like that? (laughs) And then I'd never even been to Nashville, but like all my favorite records, you know, I would or not not records. I was buying CDs or I was getting CDs in the mail through like the Christian subscription programs that they were in. Yeah. You know, so but all those were being made in Nashville. And then my dad was talking about it. So I was like, oh. You know, I'm pretty into music and stuff like that. So I guess Nashville is just the place to be. So it was always just kind of a goal in my mind. And then around middle school, I think was probably when I started telling people like, hey, once I graduate high school, like I'm going to Nashville. And and I mean, that's even the reason I got into that engineering program was because I thought with that degree, I could get a good job in Nashville to fund yeah. the music stuff. And then, like I said, equations and such and <laughs> engineering wasn't really my forte so oh, i get I, that uh, yeah so did you end up did you end up getting a degree did you finish college yeah yeah i mean i, I have my associates i i went through pathways in engineering through okay. state which is a fantastic program um just wasn't really my thing you know right. but i met great friends in it and uh you know still i, I feel like it helped me with thinking you know because it, it's yeah. engineering you know like like i i don't know uh if I could do any of it right now, I mean, I know that I couldn't actually, but like it's in there I'm, somewhere. It's yeah. I'm hoping that like the, like maybe it helps me function through life a little bit. makes me a little more calculated or something. Probably not, but that's, that's my goal with it. Right. Well, that's, that's something I always try to stress to people too, is, you know, I, I went to school. I actually, I started at Arizona state yep. uh, for a semester. It was really expensive. So in Arizona is the next place for me. Like that's like, is that retired that where you're headed? Yeah. Okay. But it's so nice. I I love Arizona, (laughs) Arizona and Nashville. I'm, I'm a fan as well, but, uh, that's something I always try. You know, it was a great place, but it was so expensive Mm -hmm. and I was, I was going for entrepreneurship. Right. What, what I, here's my degree, sir. Thank right. you. Yeah. You know, I can hire myself. I don't. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm going to go, you know, move back. I kind of know what I want to do. I was starting to learn a little bit of the video stuff, mm-hmm. but, uh, I figured I'm going to go back, go to OVU, 
quick. It's, you know, it's 40 minutes down the road, 30. Well, it depends on how fast you're driving. Right. But it's close to home. It's cheap. You know, it's affordable. Uh, so I went there. I actually went for engineering, too, for mm-hmm. a year and a half. Um, and then by that point, you know, that last fall semester, I was signing up for classes. I had so much work I was doing. You know, I was doing, I was going to film games. I was taking photos for Meadowbrook and all this stuff. I was like, do I, you know, is this paying off to get this degree right. for another year and a half, or should I go and do what I'm already doing and, and grow that out? Mm-hmm. And so that's what I try to stress to people is, um, you know, there's college is great, but you need to figure out what you want to do, right. you know, and make sure it's the right decision for you. I know high school, they always push co- like so mm-hmm. much college. And I would almost suggest going to a trade school, you know, in, oh, in sure, high school. Yeah. I mean, you can go be a nurse, you can go be a welder, and you're going to start making money with zero debt, you know? Yeah. And, but I don't know. I feel like in high school, they would always try to sell it to you. It's like, eh, don't, don't go there. Go to, go to college, right. you know? And so I don't know. I, I've always like felt a little weird about that. Like college is great. I want my doctors and my teachers to know what they're doing mm-hmm. <laughs> and my lawyer, right. you know, they need to know what they're doing, but you need to make sure that's you're, you know, you're, that's a lot of money to invest um, right. in yourself. So I think if, if you are listening and you're in that age group where you're trying to decide what you want to do, make sure that is what you want to do. Um, and if it is, go do it. Now, if you're someone like me or someone that's going to go do something on their own, uh, I wouldn't say, I, I hear a lot of people say, um, you know, go, you know, Bill Gates never went to college or whoever, you know, like they'll they'll bring up these giant billionaire names like, well, they never went to college, but I try to stress to them. They did go to college. Mm -hmm. They just didn't finish college. You know, they were still there building connections, building relationships, learning. Mm -hmm. And then when they knew what they were doing, that's when they, you know, they had a sustainable future ahead of them. And so many people think I even thought that in high school was, well, I don't, I don't want to go to college. I don't, you know, but I still, I still did, but I was like, I know what I want to do, but you have to, you really need to take that step and and at least figure it out, give it a try. But, uh, I would probably do it somewhere more local than Arizona, unless you know, that's really what you want to do. (laughs) Uh, it was fun, but it's expensive. And that's a huge point. Um, like, because I mean, I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle between, you know, the people with college degrees and the people without, because, you right. know, I have a two-year degree and something that I don't work in anymore. Um, but, you know, I, I did that program and I got it through high school. So it's kind of a weird situation, but like, I feel like there's these two extremes of some people are like, no, you have to go to college right. no matter what, even if you don't want to do anything with it, that degree is good for you. And then there's the other people and I'll, whew, I'll throw Gary V under the bus here. Yeah. <laughs> you never go, you never should go to college, you know? And, uh, and I, right. I like Gary V and all that stuff, but just that sentiment, like, I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of extremes like that. You know, I, I think it right. can be, it well, definitely it, can be good, but like, I mean, especially like in, in creative stuff, music, I mean, there's songwriting degrees and stuff like that, but then there's so many people also doing it without any of that stuff. Right. And, uh, especially like with creative stuff, I mean, anything that you're doing and the stuff that I'm doing right now, like it doesn't matter how much training we have in it. If like people don't like our end product, it's then, how they respond to it. Yeah. Right? And, yeah, and it's, you know, it doesn't matter. Exactly. And I think that's becoming more prevalent everywhere is th- mm-hmm. these extremes. You know, you see it in politics. Oh gosh, we're not, go- we can go there if we get there, <laughs> but you see it. That's e- some very libertarian <sighs> ideas. You I just see it everywhere. Here. You know, it's, and I think. Have you, have you heard of uh, the 
the documentary, The Social Dilemma. Oh, yeah. Have yeah. you watched it yet? I did watch it. Yeah. I have not watched it yet, yeah. but I did watch the Joe Rogan podcast <laughs> with Tristan. Is it Tristan Hall? I, I, I think I that's his name. I didn't watch that podcast. But, but he he's a guy that, you know, did the documentary. Right. But he, he, he makes a lot of really good points on, you know, everyone's so divided. And it's... It's basically because, you know, social media has this incentive to keep mm-hmm. you, you know, everyone says, well, Facebook's fighting against Twitter, you know, but really he said the biggest divide is between Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they're trying to compete against YouTube because right. YouTube as much as little of a social media app as it is, it's taking so much attention from people, you know, mm-hmm. some people are watching this on YouTube and right. so they're really trying to fight between, you know, they're fighting for attention, right? They want you to use their product. Um, and so I think these algorithms they've made uh, just over time have turned into, you know, just everyone's so divided because it's an echo chamber. You know? Yeah, yeah for sure. So you want to hear what makes you happy. And, you, you know, I think about I've made posts on Facebook where I'm like, I think this and I'll have people in the comments some of the same people every time, <laughs> but I'll have people in the comments and I start talking back to them. And in my, in my head, I'm like, I can't remember the last thing I, I, you know, I can't remember the last thing I argued about on Facebook and, and it doesn't matter. You know, like mm-hmm. we're also like tied into like social media's life. And it comes back to, I think a lot of like the negativity bias where mm-hmm. we see, you know, one negative thing and that makes a hundred good things you're still focused on this one little negative yeah, thing yeah like john acuff um who's an author and a speaker and just a figure that i really like he he calls it critics math which is you know 99 positive comments are deleted by the one negative right um i, I think i'm quoting that right i'm probably not but yeah no no i mean that's a huge thing and do you get that I'm, a i can lot. talk social dilemma too i mean i have a lot of <laughs> yeah. opinions on that go for it huh? yeah i mean so, so I will say, because I was talking to my friends about going on this, about going on this show, I was like, you know, what I don't want to do is I don't want to talk about stuff that I don't know about or just give like broad yeah. life advice or anything like that. Because like, like that, that stuff, I don't know. I'm, I'm 21. You know, I don't have all that. Thing. Yeah. But I do know I've worked in social media for almost the past three years. Um, so I, I feel like just, just like if expertise is like a ladder, I'm at least like one or two rungs up. On that right. for social media. So. Well, and I think at this age, I think obviously we're not experts in nearly anything. Right. Right. Yeah. But I think at this age and for what we've done, especially with you working at Disrupt and mm-hmm. we know a little bit about the, you know, the social media analytics, yeah. how it works. So I think for a little bit of what it's worth, I think we can talk a little bit about it. Yeah. But, but it's just, uh, yeah, I'll let you keep going, but it's literally just... Same thing with me. I mean, mm-hmm. we're fighting for your attention, right? right? Like, like if you're watching us, you're not watching something else, mm-hmm. you know, or if you're listening to our games, if you're following us on Facebook, you're not following something else, right? Or, or you are, but you're looking at our stuff. So, right. So I think a lot, yeah, the negativity thing is big, I think. And has that affected you with, you know, with your, your singing, songwriting in Nashville? Like, do you have any negative things that you just keep? like focusing on, but then you have like a hundred million people that are like, good job. Or is it pretty much as generally positive for you? Um, I mean, I, I'm sure that some negative stuff is said, but, uh, Nashville is a town full of nice people, which is amazing. But a lot of stuff does get said behind people's backs and stuff like that. But that being said, I don't think I have enough clout that there's like mad (laughs) haters or anything like that. So, I mean, it's, it's been, uh, 
just super positive. Um, but, but I'll say like, we talk about how negative social media is, but w- that's because that's what we feed into. Right. You know, like human nature just, I mean, a lot of human nature just pushes you into just, oh, it's getting you to react to it. And, you know, an algorithm sees people reacting to something, right? And it's yeah. like, do more of that, push more of this, you know? So. Right. And that's like, I was explaining to someone, they're like, yeah, if you see the social dilemma, you'll see that like, you know, these algorithms, social media, they're evil. And I'm like, guys, these algorithms are what make you want to, like, they're what you right. also like about Facebook and stuff mm-hmm. like that. If Facebook were just a site that you get on and you just saw everything that was posted, it would look messy to you. You know, you would be seeing a bunch of stuff that you don't like to engage with. But the truth is people, they see the fake news or whatever, and then they get excited because they're going to comment on it and be like, this is fake news. But well, guess just, what? You just commented yeah. on that post. You increase that page's engagement. So you're going to see more from that page now. Yeah. And it's going to be a never ending cycle because then your friends see, hey, so-and-so commented on, on this. So like, like, just don't like my biggest advice to people is like with social media, if your social media is negative, is that you can unfollow pages, you can block people, you can unlike, like, I don't know, I don't like people just being like, oh, I'm a victim to social media. Right. And that, that comes down to, I think a lot of people, a lot of people think they are a victim, you know, yeah, and for sure. you, you are the reason your social media looks like, you know, right. th- yeah, you can control that. You know, I, I see some people are like, I just, I wish it would stop. It's like, log off, you know, yeah. or, you know, but it's something they want they feed into it right and i think it's uh it's interesting mm-hmm. that you see you know i i even have had so much where i'm just like wow like why am i seeing but i've even seen so i think in the in the documentary I, you have to because i didn't watch it i should should have <laughs> did my research but i i did hear he was talking about how like basically if i gave you my phone mm-hmm. and you gave me yours and we sat there and scrolled through each other's feeds for like 10 minutes we would be so bored like yeah because it's you know you basically have a super computer do have a supercomputer in your hand right and you know every scroll you're thinking oh i'm just gonna see you know i wonder what my friends are you that thing every time you scroll your finger it's telling you here wh- wonder what he wants to see next you know right. it's always thinking so like if we switch you know some people said to even do it with like your husband and wife you just mm-hmm. switch you would just sit there and be like this isn't interesting you know right. like it's just bored and it's basically driven to make you react to stuff yeah no and i mean that's yeah sorry i'm a processor so i'm trying to think of the oh, next yeah. thing to say um can't go as quick as uh the facebook <laughs> i know yeah right? not as fast as the facebook algorithm but i mean like yeah, right now, actually, Facebook is, they are going up to bat against Google right now. Right. Well, because, Apple, I think. Uh, or Apple, yes. Apple, they're making a new search engine, right? Yeah, is so that their Apple, goal? I don't know the specifics. We're, we're, it, we're intelligent. We, right. <laughs> we know exactly what we're talking this about. This is why we need Cleewell over there searching Googling. things. Yep, yep. Um, no, but I mean, so what? what's going on, though, is Apple's, through some means, they're making it so that uh, Facebook won't be able to um, track things as well, you know, through see, Safari browser, right? Yes, I believe so. Because, you know, it all talks to each other. Right. And then Facebook, how they're trying to turn what they're trying to do. They took out actually full print ads in newspapers, mm. basically saying, Hey, Facebook, we care about small businesses. And if you guys let Apple go through with what they want to go through, our businesses are going to be hurt because they need all this data on you to properly market to you. Right. So it's just, it's, just, it's this super weird. We're at a weird point. It's, right. Yeah. It's so weird because it's like, 
we we need to kind of make the decision of like do we want a privacy and then like actually have to search out the things that we want or do we want less privacy and have everything served to us on that platter that is social media right now all and the all the t-shirts just all the t-shirts all the t-shirts yeah. i want to buy are just <laughs> in my news feed i whatever it is, you know it, yeah for example you can talk you know and a lot of people use this example but you can talk like just to no one and yeah and a lo- i think it gets misconstrued sometimes like some people will say well i just said that and now it's shown me an ad for it mm-hmm. i think it does listen to you but at the same time i've seen some examples where it's like that's just something like that algorithm knows you you know like mm-hmm. like it like it, it had hints that you were for example i think early in google it was either it was Macy's or something. Their store, you know, someone had a Macy's card. It was like a sixteen-year-old girl, or something. Um, this Cleo looked this story, <laughs> but uh, but no. So he, she, not he, she was getting mail, you know, to her house where her and her parents lived for baby products, mm-hmm. you know, for diapers and and formula and all this stuff. And uh, you know, the the mom called Macy. She's like, "Why are you sending me?" You know baby formula you know products and all this stuff and uh they said it's just you know it's just what our ad you know this is what our ads do and uh well it turns out later that girl didn't even know she was pregnant but she was having a baby and just based on her search trends Mm. and it wasn't she didn't even know it was just why do i feel this way or like yeah this is and you know somehow that got into macy's you know catalog of information on this girl and they knew she was pregnant before she did. She did, yeah. And, and so it's just so crazy. Like, it's is it a great thing? I don't know. Like, it's convenient, right? It's so easy, <laughs> but like some people don't want. You know, it's you got to find that fine line. Mm-hmm. So that's what is. I think that's what these next. I think this decade, you know, the roaring twenties. I hope. Right. right. I'm hoping off to a fantastic start. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I I, I hope. I hope that's what we figure out. You know, I, I think Jack Dorsey, for example, mm-hmm. um, you can say what you want about the guy, right? I genuinely believe him when he says, "I, I have no control over this." Any, you know, he right. when he started this, he start. I, I'm pretty sure he started it as, uh, he, you know, he was looking at taxis, and he was like, "Well, I like how you know the taxi services can you know communicate between each other, like with the dispatch or whatever," mm-hmm. and. Uh, so he made Twitter. You know, he's like, I just want people to be able to like just, hey, communicate, and you can see your friends, you can follow them. But now it's just become this like crazy thing, and you know, it controls the world. You know, yeah. social media. So I think he he literally, I genuinely believe him when he's like, I don't know what I created. You know, and and so that's interesting to me. It's just like, has it gotten to a point where we can't control it anymore, or you know, like what are laws really going to do? Right. Like, so that it's just so much information. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a lot it's a lot to take, but like um, anybody listening to this, especially like I know you have uh, a lot of you know you do all the sports and stuff. So I have right. probably some younger listeners, some high school. I mean, not that I'm like super old or anything, but like <laughs> like children yeah. to people of any age. But I'm just thinking this could be a career for them. Like right, kind of like right now you have two options, which is either one you can just completely boycott the whole thing and just be scared of it and not know about it, or it's, it's not too hard to really learn about social media and that will keep yourself safer from all that stuff than just right being ignorant about it. Yeah. And I think that is something, you know, a lot of schools, you know, with this social dilemma, 
mm-hmm. documentary that's come out, I see a lot of people are trying to push schools to like be like, hey, you know, let's educate kids about. But the problem with that is a lot of these teachers are older. They're not, you know, they they went to school to teach math or right. to teach history. Yeah, you have to bring someone in that can, you know, a speaker or whatever to teach someone about you know, the dangers of social media and the good things, you know, right. it's not ever, I think a lot of people, like, like you said, is just, they think it's all bad, you know, and it's not, you know, there's good things in that, but, um, you know, someone that can educate them on, you know, what, what's next, what's good for them versus, Hey, maybe you shouldn't, you know, just accept all these privacy terms, just, you know, just immediately. Yeah. And is that any, now with disrupt, you guys do, what just social media for funeral homes yeah we we work for a couple we we do some stuff locally and stuff too but our our main focus is on funeral homes and cemeteries and the death care space okay and that's something actually hit me up we're working on is hopefully we're going to work into some advertising um i want to bring a guy on and just do local you know local within we have so much so many schools i mean we're from Malvern down to river mm. and basically this wall right here <laughs> with all these shirts on it. Yeah. Anything on that side is our competitors. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I like to think of it that way is like, there's a wall here and you guys don't know the orientation, but that wall there goes towards John Glenn. Mm. <laughs> so anything basically on that 2d plane there this right. way is what we're trying to have. So, right. <laughs> so I think, I think a lot of, I'm I'm just rambling, but it's all good. <laughs> what uh, the ads? That's what I was talking about. The ads. Um, so if you are a business or a business owner and you're interested in someone doing ads for your business, um, you know, managing social media, that's something we are going to be starting soon. So um, I might pick your brain about that. Yeah. Even just you know to do that with a, now. How many different? How many different funeral homes or businesses do you? as a worker reach is that something you know yeah. do you each have your own or is it more just spread out and you all kind of work on the same you know companies and all that yeah and uh so my positions change a little bit at disrupt over the past probably year and a half um and this stuff i'm not going to get too into it because we're going to get ryan on here and he can talk right. about that stuff a lot more of it so now really i do more marketing for disrupt media reaching out to funeral directors um but yeah i mean the the death care profession we we've worked with hundreds of funeral homes. I mean, it's such a it's such a niche thing, but it's such a uh, obviously every community has their funeral homes and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, just the team there is fantastic, though, and the people who are more quote unquote on the front lines, like actually making the posts for the funeral homes, uh, which is where where I started at. Um, like, I mean, they they do a fantastic job because there's a lot of juggling a bunch of different funeral homes and a def- bunch of different communities and tastes and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, just the way that we at Disrupt kind of do it, we do everything. We try to do everything as a team. So, um, you know, we got our, our graphics and our contents and our point of contacts and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, they just, they go through and then they specialize everything for each, each client and okay. send those all out. So yeah, that's kind of, yeah. And I finally remembered my point that I was going to talk about because <laughs> I feel like my brain just goes everywhere all the no, time. Like, just, just follow it. Like, do you, have you ever had, um, this isn't, this isn't even the point. Look, look, I'm already <laughs> off track and I just, <laughs> but, but, uh, have you like, I find myself like walking to my car to do something and then I forget why I walked to my, like, yeah, I 
just all the time. Like, I don't know if it's because I just have so many like different things like going on where I'm like, oh, I need to do this. So I need, but I'll walk to the next room like doing something. I'm like, wait, what? I, why am I here? <laughs> no, I, I feel that, um, especially like, or I'll just, and once again, this comes back to be like technology and stuff. And like my phone probably is kind of an addiction of mine wherever I'll right. get on. And I know that I was searching for something. And you're on Facebook and two I'm minutes on Facebook later. Facebook <laughs> or something else, and in like three hours have passed. I'm like, why did I even get on here? Yeah, no, yeah. I think I think it's almost a younger generational thing. It's like mm-hmm. a byproduct of here we go again on social media. But I think it's a byproduct of just like everything's quicker, right? Yeah. Like if you can keep people's attention or if you can grab it quicker, your company is more valuable, right? Mm-hmm. So I think you know there's this famous you know it took Facebook. 10 years to get a hundred million users. I hope that Clee will fact check. (laughs) Right. But it took Twitter or Instagram, Twitter, Instagram, it took them three to four years Mm -hmm. and it took TikTok one year. So like, it's just like, when does that, like how, how quickly does that get, you know, like are there apps that are going to be out and every, you know, high school kid in the world's like, dude, download this. And, next day you're like oh that's old yeah right, yeah no it and like especially for like well, so it's amazing I, what i was gonna be like as and yeah it's terrible for businesses it's not terrible for businesses this is the world that we live in we can right. either complain about it or we can adapt to it but like for businesses and artists and stuff you know it's another challenge that gets in our way of like you know like we we need to learn tiktok you know for the longest time now, are you are you active on tiktok i'm, a, I'm active on tiktok I all the little so. caesar <laughs> stuff is going to be on tiktok just this week so like give them your app what's your app yeah so my app is and i should know this <laughs> look at this look at this guy whole, whole <laughs> other journey of mine wherever like yeah it's at eli underscore gable underscore music wherever like and now I'm checking my notification because I get distracted. But um, <laughs> right. like, like whenever TikTok started, you know, like I I like checking out new stuff like that. I know when it first started, a lot of people were like, oh, you know, that's just like for like middle schoolers or something. But they had a killer marketing strategy on Facebook and stuff. So I was like, okay, they're doing something right. So I checked it out. Yeah. And just for a while, I just kind of played around on there. I think like the first week that I got it, I posted like a drumming video or something and it did nothing. And then I... Uh, took a break for probably half a year or something, some crazy long amount of time, wherever I was just trying to learn the app a little bit right. and see like, okay, what type of content works. And then, and Ryan would be a, a good guy to talk to about that. He, uh, he has shown me a little, he, he's monetized, like yeah. he's got his business profile and yep. all this. So there's just, there's yeah, so much and, potential and with it. Like, like once I got on it after that break, like I honestly, like it started doing really well for me. Right. Like I started doing a lot of Christian content and stuff like that. Um, a lot of kind of like youth groupy type stuff, which I was, uh, I was a youth minister at the time. So that mm-hmm. all tracks. Um, and then, but once I moved down to Nashville, I was like, you know, my goal isn't to be, I don't want to be a Christian comedian. You know, that's not right. Right. so I took another break and I've just been trying to learn the music side of TikTok. And now I'm back on uh, doing about a video a day of just songs. Is and that stuff like the like country side of heaven? Yeah, the music yeah, side, the of music TikTok. side of TikTok. Just, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, okay. Finally, back to my point that I you found it. I I, I did find it for the third time. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted that when you moved to Nashville. Oh yeah, Nashville. <laughs> no, we were talking about that too, right? <laughs> but when you moved down, I I've seen. 
I haven't kept up too much with everything you've been doing, but I've seen, you know, you, you met some people. Who are some of the people you met when you first got down there that are, you know, are some of your best friends now or some of your good friends? Um, you know, are, are, are you living in your own place or is it, you know, is it just a big old bachelor pad? What do you got going on? Yeah. So the place that I'm, that I live in right now was a, uh, I, I found it on a Facebook group just called Nashville, like housing, which is like how everyone finds their houses. But like most people like go and check it out and stuff before they move in or they know someone who already lives there. But, you know, I didn't really know anyone, didn't really want to take a trip down. So I just found this place that was in my budget and uh, it kind of fit my the vibe of what I was going for. Um, just like it seemed like they had probably shared values with me, which is a good thing to look for whenever you're looking at roommates and stuff, I would, I would say. Um, and I just, I shot them a message. They had one, my landlord had one FaceTime interview with me, just basically seeing if I was a psychopath or not. And then right. he was like, well, yeah, you seem, you seem cool. You can come down. The lease starts on July 1st. So I'd never checked out the place, didn't know where it was. And then just, I showed up the other roommate had never met me that was there whenever I moved in, but he was like, Oh yeah, your room's up there. So, um, <laughs> so, so is yeah. it, so you share basically you have your own room. I have my own room. Everything else I share with three other guys. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then have you met any, have you met any singers, uh, you know, through, do you do a lot of, well, writers rounds are more song. Do you do a lot of those or do you do more of the, just like cover stuff, you know, at the, at the different restaurants. Yeah, and so I don't so, know a ton about it. So. Yeah. So basically, I mean like Nashville, there's, there's several different scenes inside of Nashville and, uh, you know, like there's the more like recording side of Nashville, which is where you have what are called like the studio cats and stuff like that, that, um, you know, that's, that's basically who we all want to end up being, you know, just hanging out in studios, producing all that type of stuff. Um, so there's that side, then you have like your Broadway, your downtown, which is, that's more of the people doing a lot of covers and stuff like that. Um, which is actually a really awesome thing that, that strip, um, not that I can do and everything that goes on there, but it makes it possible for a lot of people to do music full time, which right. I think is cool. Um, then you have obviously like more your labels and stuff like that, which is, you know, all connections that we're all trying to get all the time. But then you also have this beautiful thing called the songwriting community which uh, I'm just starting to scrape into a lot. You know, we do a lot of writer's rounds, which is something that like I had never seen until I moved down to Nashville. Mm -hmm. Well, or I guess actually starting at 2020, I started visiting Nashville. So um, until I started visiting that, Nashville. When, when was the first time you went? I went uh, either the second or the third week of January. I for think the just first for time? a weekend. Well, so I had been there um, whenever I was real little. My dad was taking okay. trips down there. I went down with him, but like, I can't remember any of that. And then, uh, I guess now two years ago, I went down for 4th of July just with some okay. friends to hang out and check it out. Is that but ben and yeah, Ben and Harley. Harley. That yeah. was a fantastic Shout out. time. There you go. <laughs> I love those guys. Um, and then, yeah. So then I started going down in January and then there's these things called writer's rounds, which like, it's not like a normal show, you know, it's not like right. a well put together set or anything like that. It's normally three to sometimes two, yeah, two to two to four songwriters that sit up on a stage and then I play my song and they all play their songs and then we just keep on going back and forth and you get about half an hour to an hour. Right. And um, how does, um, I've been to a few of those because yeah. I make a few trips a year down to Nashville to uh, do some different stuff. Yeah. Actually, we are working on this, if you're listening and 
Yeah, you might have some friends listening. Yeah. But we are going to put together in Nashville, we're going to find a studio and we're going to do $50 covers. Heck yeah. So we're going to come down, we're going to set up, we're going to put lights up, all that stuff. We're going to schedule out for like a week and do $50 covers. You come in, you know, you give us whatever. We're going to, every song's 50 bucks. You can do as many as you want, right? So we're going to come in and do that. Acoustic cover album for 500 bucks. Literally. (laughs) And we're going to, you know, we're going to have, it's going to be, it's going to be tracked. It's going to be all professionally done. So that is something we're working on. If you're in the area, Nashville area, me and Ryan are working a little bit on that. So, uh, you know, he knows so many people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm thinking we'll be able to get that done. But yeah, so with the writer's rounds, I think... Is there an unwritten rule where you start on, what is it, the left or the right? Do you know? It's So that goes back and forth. That goes back and forth. Generally, I think people start on the left. Um, or is there is there a seat that, like, the bigger artist is supposed to sit in? Because I, I know Ryan said something to me about this, but I have... I don't remember it at all. Like Ryan's at a bit of a different level than I'm at. Right. The ones that I'm at, we're all you're just, just happy we're to be there. <laughs> we're, we're glad to be up on that stage. Um, it's just kind of like that's. I mean, for about the five minutes before we all get up on up on the stage, because normally we're hanging off on the side, tuning up our guitars and stuff. Mm-hmm. Someone always goes, "Hey, who wants to start us off?" And then okay. we all look at each other and go, "Like, you know, you can or you can." <laughs> and it's just a circle, and then it generally just ends up being whoever's hosting the round. Okay. Just like, okay, Eli, start us off, you know? Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I, I, I don't really, I don't know too much about that. The next level of like, nope, so-and-so should sit there. Yeah. See, I, I had no idea, but he, I guess I don't know, you know, I'm not a singer or a songwriter. Right. Other than in the shower. Right. But uh, I guess there's some unwritten rule. I'll have to learn more about that. I <laughs> guess I'll need to learn now, about that. Now your too. unwritten rule the no shoes no shoes what's that about uh shoes are feet prisons um <laughs> i don't like i'm wearing shoes right now but like i generally just don't wear shoes unless they're crocs i actually just got some new crocs <laughs> no i'm not wearing them i should be right. they're in my car but i got the new post malone crocs nice nice first pair i'm hyped that's i actually uh before december kicked in i bought fur line crocs so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good for the winter <laughs> But no, I mean, yeah, I mean, so do they come with four wheel drive? I four wheel drive or nothing. If you stay ready, you (laughs) gotta get ready. (laughs) So is that um, what made you start? What 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 I is it something to make like differentiate yourself? Because I've seen you know I've seen you on stage, and then there'll be other people like I'll do it too. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, so the whole new shoes thing that started out actually being a drummer, just because when you're playing drums, you're like you have to work pedals and stuff like that. So especially like, I mean, I was, you know, six, seven, eight years old behind a drum kit and like, I needed every advantage that I could have not to like screw things up. So, uh, just the fewer things I could have between me and the set, you know, I just always felt more comfortable with that. Like, I felt like my feet generally had better grip on them than, you know, my socks or even some of my shoes and stuff. So I just got in the habit of being on stage with my shoes off, um, just for playing drums. Have you had any foot fetish fans i not not yet not yet uh my buddies always ask me uh if i post like my feet pictures on my own with fans and stuff like that uh, there's there's people that'll pay some good money they, for that. they probably it, actually my toes but i have ugly feet like as much as i'm like free footing all the time like these two toes if this is my like big toe <laughs> these two toes are webbed together on both my feet 
Um, so I'm sure, I'm the sure there's a people, niche. There's for, <laughs> for the audio people, it's the uh, the two toes either directly left or directly right to my big toe on each of my feet. Um, they those are both webbed halfway up to basically the the toe knuckle. So. <laughs> Oh, well, we're getting into some good stuff, (laughs) but, uh, so, you know, I'm going to have probably Ryan and Adam on too. So I'll ask them this exact same question, Yeah. but, um, what are some things, you know, there's probably, you know, like you said earlier, there's probably some kids listening, some high school kids, college kids, even that's our age group still, but we can still give them some advice, I guess. (laughs) But, uh, what are some things that people should know, you know, if they're just getting started into music, if they want to learn more about it, um, what are some steps they need to take Mm. to either, you know, whether that's songwriting, I don't know if you want to talk more on that or whether it's more on the, the vocal side, even just music in general. I, I, I am unmusically gifted. (laughs) I have a guitar. It's behind you, right? but I, I, uh, don't know. I know how to play E, F, and G um, on the bottom string, and that's all I know. There you go. That's and uh, you so can play uh, <laughs> "Smoke on the Water." I right. Think. Yeah. So that's all about all I know about music. But what are some things uh, you could tell you know these younger kids or anyone? They don't have to be young. Yeah. You can be old and getting started in this stuff. Look at McDonald's, right? So, so what are some things that they should you know think about or look into? Um, other than Google, because Google is like the great resource, right? So right. what are some things they should look into um, to help them get started with what they're doing? Yeah, so I'm actually really um, on guitar and stuff. I'm, I'm fairly self-taught. Uh, my dad showed me a couple of things. My dad's an amazing guitar player. I just wanted to be a songwriter, so I just wanted to learn chords as fast as possible. So like, I, I was definitely the like, get on YouTube, look how to play right. this chord, then how to play this song. Um, so I don't know. Everyone's going to have a different starting point and everyone gets into it for a different reason. But I, I will say that like there, it has to have some sort of spark for you. Like you're not always going to want to practice. You're not always going to love it. And there's going to be times wherever maybe for a month or something when you're starting that, you know, you get busy with other stuff. But like if, if you had that, like kind of that spark that just that interest in it, like hopefully you can keep on coming back to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, as as far as practical stuff goes, I would say um, there's a bass player that I really like. Um, can't think of his name right now, but he's just one of the best in the world. And the advice, I'm not going to give advice on this. Is I'm it the YouTube guy? What? The YouTube guy? It's, it's not Davey 504. Ah, yeah. Okay. Um, he's I've fantastic. See, see I've seen him and I don't even like, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so this guy, the advice that he gives though, is he says, uh, learn how to play first and then learn the theory behind it. He has some cooler way of saying it, but basically like, you know, learn how to bust out some chords on guitar so that you can have fun with it. And then after that, go through, unlearn all your bad habits and learn the theory behind it. Um, just because it's, it's really an up, up, uphill battle. Um, just trying to know the math and the science behind why you put your fingers here and your fingers here and, um, wherever just kind of the way that I learned and the way that, most of my friends who uh, are still playing learn how to play was at some point you just had a summer that you spend in your bedroom just either beating on a drum set right. or just strumming guitars uh, from and then you started out that summer sounding pretty bad and then by the end you just <laughs> sounded bad and then uh, yeah, like, ah, you yeah. know, it keeps on progressing and you're just having fun with it is the main thing so um, yeah that would be mine you, you get a glimpse of potential whenever you just go in and just learn a few chords 
then you take those chords and then you figure out that with four chords you can play every single song on the radio yeah and uh so yeah that's that's where i would start is just have fun with it and learn learn some chords learn some fun cover songs and then take that into uh take that be like okay so now i know how chords work but why do they work try to learn some of the theory behind it um and then that and that's actually kind of where i'm at now is like like i learned a bunch of chords how to play them i learned like you know all throughout middle school and high school i learned like okay these chords work together and stuff like that but now being in nashville it's just a whole leveling up thing wherever i have friends who they play guitar so much better than me and my goal is never to be a professional guitar player but i want to be as good of a songwriter as i can and learning where to place those cool chords and stuff like that can really help that creative process so like that that's where i'm at now is going back in trying to learn some of that theory and some of the counting and stuff like that that helps you with uh creating dope music yeah and i'll actually be interested to see where that takes you Mm -hmm. because ryan ryan you're like you're here basically you've been up the show at this point yeah (laughs) yeah right but he has you know i think he'll get on me if i'm wrong but i think he originally you know he loves writing his own music he's he's a songwriter at heart too yeah and i don't think his goal originally was to go out and be a musician as much as he was a songwriter Mm -hmm. and now he's got you know three or four or five albums right yeah and and i mean that's i'm actually like who i i still want to be a songwriter you know like i mean i i have a single coming out and like yeah tell us a little bit about that. yeah it'll probably be march uh that it comes out early march um it was just something that originally it started out my buddy is a producer and he's he's getting his legs like kind of getting his feet in the game you know but he's super talented um and we he was one of the reasons that i moved down there he was a guy that i met in january and then he just pushed me and pushed me and pushed me i was gonna wait until 2021 to move down mm-hmm. but uh halfway through the year he was like dude you gotta quit talking about coming down here and just move down here um so i moved down there and then he and i were hanging out a little bit and he was like hey i'm trying to start producing people he was like how about this you want to be a songwriter songwriters need demos so okay we're so we're gonna we're gonna stamp that right now because that's a whole other thing that's kind of fun to talk about yeah so we're gonna stamp that if this doesn't make sense to people then they can fast forward past the story and then come back to it so just demos we're gonna come back to demos um so but in short a demo basically is just a idea for a song or not an idea of song it's an idea of what the song that you've written can be um so we went in just to record a demo we were both in love with it and he was like hey man let's keep on working on this thing um and he actually he charged me for the demo didn't end up charging me to produce the whole thing though which i'm super thankful for uh because just moving down nashville that and i think i I don't ever expect anyone to do free work for me but I, I do think whenever creatives can help each other out, it's a really, really good thing. Yeah. And that's something I've done with, you know, Adam and Ryan even is just, it's so helpful if, you know, if you can bounce off each other and, and you know, collaboration, it, yeah. it's really, really big. Um, and that's in almost any industry, but especially the creative industry is like, if you can offer a service to someone where the, you know, you there's so much potential in it, you know, versus like, I need to make my money right now. It's more about, I think that's with a lot of business, but especially if you're starting out or if you're interested in learning, um, you know, building your own brand or whatever. But I think, you know, I think you should be more interested in looking at the potential 
you know, not even necessarily the, you know, the, the monetary value of it, but just the potential relationship you can build there, the potential, um, you know, you could say monetary too, yeah. but you, you know, you don't necessarily want to go and think, I need to make this much off of this because this is how much it costs to do. You need to think, well, if I do this and I can offer this for free, what down the line is that going to get me? And, and, and where that's I, such a big thing. Like where I'm at with, because so, so now actually like starting this year and stuff, I have a couple little, because I film weddings and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I have a background in video. A little bit so about with that. some of my friends and stuff, like, like I have just a couple, I'm doing, going to do some free stuff for them with video and stuff. What is that? Wild, wildflower? Yeah. Yeah. So I film weddings called? through wildflower productions. Yeah. Um, shout out. Yeah. Shout out. <laughs> Don't take my business. <laughs> um, but you know, so I'm just kind of skill stacking that into wherever this year, you know, I, I'm not trying to start a video business or anything this right. year, this year, I'm just seeing if I, if I know how to shoot a music video, you know, so yeah, I'm just doing exactly. stuff for free just for, for myself, just to like figure out. Um, and that's another thing that we can get into is trying to diversify as much income as possible. Yeah. And I know, uh, Adam, he does. So he actually does rental. So yeah. he, does, you know, he, he's looking at different avenues other than just how do I make money off my music? You know, he know that's something I think too many people are so like tunnel visioned on. Mm -hmm. I need to make my money right here. This is what I want to do. So I got to make money doing it. Well, there's so many different avenues. Like you're saying, I mean, yeah. you can su subsidies, for example, you can subsidize this business with this business. And then mm -hmm. you can grow this into something that's more sustainable just because you did this. And that's something a lot of people I don't think understand um, that, you know, I, th I think everyone can do, you know, if, if they just, get a little bit of information on it but well and like you're a good example of like i would say like would you agree like the core of your business is like the sports videos and stuff like that yeah but then you also do weddings you're doing broadcasting and podcasting and stuff like that you know it's right and that's what i try to so when i first started you know a couple years ago or whatever you know i i basically started with like my college money which is a hundred dollars in your bank account right yeah Thank you, mom and dad, for getting me a small Canon camera for Christmas in 2016, something like that. Yeah. Right. What model did you start with? Uh, I had a Canon. Oh no, I shouldn't. It's the Rebel SL1. Okay. Yep. So I, I shot them. I think there's like an SL2. There might be an SL3 by now. Up until last year, I was shooting Rebel. Right. So I had a. It was an SL1. You know, could shoot video. Just not. It was actually. It's the SL variant is the smallest. Um, DSLR they make. Yeah. So it's this. So I had that with just like kit lenses. I would shoot. So I actually started with YouTube mm -hmm. in high school. Um, so what got me kind of interested in video, and I've still got your demo note down here. Yeah. So we'll get we'll get back no, to it. No, it's all good. But in high school, I started making YouTube videos for Madden Mobile. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so it's a video game on your phone. You know, like mm -hmm. that's you can start with anything right yeah. like it's nice to have money like that definitely helps but if you have enough drive or enough vision to see the future you can you can do anything you want really i mean mm -hmm. within reason well not even within reason whatever you want as long as you have enough vision and foresight to do it but um so i basically started with madden mobile youtube videos and yeah, you know, it was fun and yeah. I could do it during like third period, like break. Yeah. So yeah. I do it during school and, you know, I started getting, I had a few videos get like a hundred thousand views just, mm -hmm. and I'm like, I just record that on my phone. Like, 
there's so much potential and it's just making content and yeah i regret so i don't know i don't regret it because i'm here now but like everything obviously everything that you've done to this point has gotten me to this point but um i regret the so basketball season right so my senior year basketball see i don't regret playing basketball right but mm. i stopped making youtube videos basically because i was like i'm so bit like i don't have time to like edit anything right whatever because i was doing basketball and we'd have games and all this stuff and so me and there was probably three or four other guys that like we had like our we had a kick we had kick so we had a kick chat Mm. Shout out. I don't even know if people still use kick. I know it's around, but I, I will say I've never used kick. Really? Oh so, yeah. So we had a kick group for mad mobile creators. Right. And so that's, that's basically, it's still how it is today where you need like every big creator, like Jake Paul, mm. all these other guys, they're all collaborating. Like they're all like feeding off each other's audiences. But for as small as we were, you know, I probably had 600 subscribers. They were at like 400, you know, a thousand yeah. maybe. So I just basically, I, I cold turkeyed my like Madden mobile stuff, right? And so I was off of YouTube basically up until graduation. And then I was like, ah, I'm gonna go check this out and see how it's going, like check in with everyone. Well, I was at 600 when we made this chat and everything. And basically we were making the exact same content yeah. with just little variations. But I went back and looked and two of the guys that had less subs than me at that time and we were growing about the same rate mm -hmm. they were both over thirty thousand subs and i was like what did i do right yeah <laughs> but you know then i wouldn't have got to so it's what could have been obviously yeah. you could look Hindsight's at that with anything right and actually that's true now because that it's 2021 yeah so it is literally hindsight which is nice <laughs> but that's like something i always look at is like you know like there's always what could have been on but what are you now like and and what are you doing to change that and i guess that's a little segue off of what i was talking about but that that was like i was just like oh no like yeah i could have been that but and i don't know how they're doing today but i like to also think about you might have heard of him. his name is now mr b yeah right <laughs> like, he, yeah that was my best friend that's what, actually I, speak I of the devil at right i was looking at a, it, i don't yeah. know you can't see him in the background you, eh, no you can see mine but uh there's two mr beast signed sweatshirt and t-shirt over there so nice. we'll show those to you one day but or if you're listening we'll describe that'll them be in part depth. of the studio tour but yeah, yeah right we'll do that but uh let's get back to what was that songwriter demos oh yeah yeah so demos so um and then i i'm just explaining that's just because i use that word and uh so basically like how at least for me and the way that i've perceived it and just like my six months in Nashville, you know like that's definitely don't want to come across i'm i'm no expert on everything nashville but uh just just what i've picked up um that you have to say that for the robinette episode <laughs> but, uh, right. you know just just kind of how the process works though is you know you get that idea for a song then you write that song and then once you write that song you do what's called a work tape and i will say i think this is fairly true across the whole board of the spectrum of songwriting anymore the work tape is you take out your voice memo app and then you just record yourself singing it with your acoustic guitar that way you can always remember how that melody goes how mm -hmm. the song all flows together and stuff like that so then you take that work tape and then you can do it yourself or you go to a studio or whatever and then you make your demo out of that and then uh if you're a songwriter your goal is with that demo that you can then 
So, and basically what the demo is, is it's just a less polished final recording. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're going to have your instrumentations and your beats and stuff like that and recorded vocals. And it doesn't sound like it was recorded on an iPhone. You know, it doesn't sound like it could be on the radio, but it's better than just an acoustic uh, recording off of one microphone on your phone. Um, And then, you know, for me as a singer songwriter, then I kind of have the option of like, okay, is this something that I want to sing? Or as a songwriter, is this something that I want to try to pitch to another artist? And then uh, at this point, I just, if it's something I want to pitch to another artist, I just store it in my catalog and then have that for if I meet someone who's like, hey, I I think that you'd sound good singing this. Mm -hmm. Then, uh, you know, pitch that to them. So that's the kind of the process. I just want to explain that to explain what a demo was earlier. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And what are, so I guess, do you do a lot of like, solo songwriting or do you get together with people is it more collaborative because I, I is there a little bit of both of like yeah i know ryan does a lot of like collaboration stuff but i think he likes writing his own stuff too mm-hmm. but like what what are you more like are you more solo do you like you know come are you more the, i don't know i don't know anything about songwriting yeah <laughs> but. No, so kind of what i find is uh the stuff that i write for myself like like right now i don't know i moved down to nashville like i said and i was like man i i don't want to do any artisty stuff. I just want to be a songwriter. Um, but once again, going back to kind of like diversifying what we're able to do, I kind of learned it's not a, uh, it, it's like you can have both. It's not an either or, you know, I can, right. be a, I can be a singer and also be a songwriter. And, you know, my goal isn't to be Luke Holmes, <laughs> but if there's 10,000 people out there who want to listen to my music yeah, and then maybe that turns you into, you know, something bigger than that. But, um, but even if there's just a hundred, you know, then that, that'd be really cool. Um, but you know, I can do that stuff, but still my bread and butter is my songwriting. But, um, so yeah, so Nashville runs on co-writing, which is the idea of two people or more, um, writing a song together. So for me, like I said, I try to write a song every day. That doesn't mean that I complete a song every day, but I at least, you know, I sit down for at least 15 minutes and just see if anything comes out. Um, so I guess just like the bathroom. Yeah. You just got to give it a shot. So, um, so yeah. So where, where am I getting to co-writing, co-writing? Um, so just numbers wise, I probably still solo write more than I co-write, but you know, I try to get, you know, three to four co-writes in a week. Um, do you have any, any, anyone you want to shout out that you do a lot of writing with? Yeah. I mean, there, there's a ton of people and I'm just going to say shout out to the congregation. That's kind of the 30 people that like, we're in a group chat together that we all hang out and stuff. Um, right. There's, there's so many people to the name that I don't want to leave anyone yeah. out. Um, yeah. yeah, because, and, and like, that's, that's kind of the thing right now is I'm still finding the people who I really click with writing. Um, so like right now in this phase is like the first six months, it was just basically every write that I had with someone, it was either my first or my second time writing with them. Um, and then out of that, I kind of figure out, and I will say, I haven't ridden with anyone that I hate, you know, like, <laughs> like I've genuinely, someone just like wipe their, they're like, good, good. <laughs> no, like, like I love every single person that I've co-ridden with. They are all my friends and stuff like that. But, you know, sometimes you get in a room, it's like, man, maybe we should just hang out, you know, like, yeah, right. like, and it's, and they're all great writers too. You know, it's just sometimes their styles and my styles, they don't always mesh together. So you know, kind of as the months progress on, the goal is that, you know, you're always leaving room open in your calendar at this point to write with new people and stuff like that. And that's still the majority. 
but I'm also trying to go back through and be like, man, I wrote really good songs with these people and these people, making sure that I'm getting them back on the calendar. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still, there's still something, I don't know if it's just the habit of it, but I mean, for ever since I was in middle school, you know, I've been writing by myself. So there's still something really special about that to me. It's a very relaxing thing and a satisfying thing, but nothing feels better than writing a really good song with someone else. And then you get to celebrate that with someone, mm -hmm. you know, and they understand the whole process of what you went through with that song, wherever, if I just write a song by myself, cool beans, you know, I get to high five myself, I guess. <laughs> but like, there's a really cool moment when uh, two or more people, um, get together and write something and you get to celebrate. And I think that's because humans are supposed to be communal, you know, right. um, I think that's how God created us is with community. And I think the more things that we get to do inside a community is the better. Right. And do you have a favorite song you've written? A favorite song? Yes. Yes. So I have this song. Um, well, shoot. I don't know. It's my most, it's my favorite song to play is a song called Never Stop Missing You. And uh, it's, it's on my Instagram and stuff, a little live video that we filmed of me playing it with some baller musicians. Um, <laughs> who was their first time playing it, but they still crushed oh, it, okay. which is wild that there's talented enough people in Nashville that you can step up on a stage. They've never heard your song and they can just crush it. I oh. mean, it's, it's really remarkable. Um, so yeah, it's called never stop missing you. It's, it's just a fun one. It's a real special one. You know, it's, uh, every once in a while you write a lot of songs and hopefully as someone who considers themselves a good writer, hopefully I write a lot of decent songs at least. But then every once in a while, there's one that just has like a little like spice on it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, last year, I would say, I'm not going to say it's my favorite song that I've ever written. It's my favorite song that I ever wrote last year, though. Okay. Yeah. What's it? Give us a little bit on it. Like what? Uh, yes. What inspired it? What? What? You know, is there a what part of it makes you excited about it? Yeah. So the. It's called Never Stop Missing You. Uh, it's just really repetitive. You know, the whole course is, I don't ever want to stop, want to stop missing you. But I sing it. I don't rap it. It <laughs> does that again. It has a couple more lines. And it comes back to that. So it's just something really easy to catch on to. So what I love about it is that um, at a writer's round, wherever it's all original music, mm -hmm. um, by the end of that song, generally, there's a group of people singing along right. to it. You know, it just... Probably a little bit of confidence. In yeah, it's a big confidence boost. It's fun. Um, that's the main thing is I can have a lot of fun with it. Uh, it has these high falsetto notes in it that like, it's a 50, 50 shot if I hit them. So, you know, and that's humbling too. So it kind of allows me to just, just, just check myself at the song and just be like, Hey, this is a fun song. Not take myself too seriously. I'm not going to hit all the right notes. Um, but yeah, I, I wrote it. Uh, if you've ever read the book, star girl, I don't know if that was required reading yeah, for us no. in uh, middle school. I didn't it. do a lot of required reading. I did, <laughs> I did a lot of required writing. Right. Yeah. And what cliff notes is that yep. what it was called the site. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't much of a reader. I don't know. <laughs> I, I try, I tried. I, yeah. I even bought like books. I'm like, I'd probably be interested in that. I just, I don't know if I can watch a video. I don't know. Well, that's the right? good news is. The book did inspire me to write the song. They, Disney Plus made a movie yeah, about yeah, it. <laughs> and I watched that movie. And in it, there's a line wherever it's talking about a girl who like has lost her dad. Or maybe it's a, a, a dude who lost his dad. I don't remember at this point. I don't remember the exact plot points. But uh, she's just kind of crying like, man, I want to stop missing him. And then basically the mom's like, no, like we want to keep on remembering him 
like missing him is a good thing because it means that like mm-hmm. there was love. So that's the uh, that's the idea. Except for I didn't want to make it a super serious thing. So it's just about a relationship, you know, just right. um, dude and a girl, just like hey, it's kind of like a, I, I write a lot of what I call simp country, which is just like. <laughs> It's just very De- defined simp. For, yeah, so for those the listening. simp is the dude who, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I guess he he puts the girl before his bros, which like you know I try not to put a girl before my bro, but um, as a songwriter, I you're, definitely you're, do. You're only a simp until you're married, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. So I write a lot of simpy country, so that's definitely a very simpy song of you know like just very love lettery type. Right, you know, Dear John. Uh, <laughs> have you seen that movie? I have not seen it. It's it's probably right up my alley. It's been a while since I've seen it, <laughs> but it is. It you'll cry. Yeah, at the end you'll be like, oh. I like that. I I is, cried watching. Uh, recently, I watched The Fall in Our Stars for the first time. <sighs> I think I've seen it. I I don't remember it too much. But how about speaking of movies that make you cry? Yeah, Bridge to Terabithia. Never watched it. No. No, nope, oh. never watched it. So I feel like there's magic or something in it, maybe. A little. And like as a kid, if there was magic in it, wasn't allowed to watch it. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. It I think it's more imaginative. Yeah. Because they're like so young. Yeah. And like they imagine like this great world, like in their like, for example, um when we were young, so like I would always go to the blacks house after school. Yeah. The family, not the color. I mean, I, I don't want people to be like, "What? What are you talking about?" <laughs> right. But uh, so we would all. I would always ride the bus to like there, and they we go and we like would go down in the woods, mm-hmm. and like we built like, not like very rudimentary, like yeah, you know, there'd be like a creek, and we'd like pretend we're this, and I think it was a lot more of like less magical and more yeah. just like just these kids were just like imagining, imagine, yeah. And I was like, I don't know, I was probably ten to twelve. And I, I was like sitting there watching this movie and like at the end, I'm like, I'm like crying. I'm like, this is so sad. And like, yeah. I think that might've been like the first movie I think I ever cried over. What all movies have made you cry or TV <sighs> shows? That's so this sounds really stupid. <laughs> it's going to get off the rail. No. Well, this is a good like little, I don't know if you're like clipping up these things. Oh yeah. Social media. This no. is a good little social media clip right, right. here. Movies this will, this will be on Caleb Instagram. Cry. See you guys. Right. So. <laughs> I don't know. Like I'm not a crier necessarily, but mm-hmm. there are like, sometimes they'll get me. And so yeah. like Bridget Terabithia, like I'm not going to spoil it, which it's so old. I should spoil it, but go watch it. If you haven't seen it, it's so like, it's so great. And like, you're gonna be like, I want to be that. Like, I want to do that. Even if you're like my, right. like even now you're like, I want to go live in the woods and for sure. But Bridget Terabithia, this is going to sound really stupid and you might remember. <laughs> so not me, but SpongeBob, the do you remember the episode i'd never watched one oh, no. there is an, other thing. there's an episode where he has a pet jellyfish <laughs> <laughs> and he like had to let it go and like it's really not even that sad like it's spongebob like but i was just like that's it like i don't know it was weird like I'm, yeah and i was young like i was really young right. and my mom was like what's wrong i'm like spongebob let his jellyfish go <laughs> like i was just so sad about it and i don't know why but um that dear john it's pretty good oh um i don't know what's your those would probably be the three that like i remember yeah. crying over not like i don't know it was sad it, yeah it was good sad though you're like that those are the ones it makes like you feel the ones that are like sad sad i don't like i don't really feel that but like the ones that like 
you know, bring that obviously like emotion out, but it's like a happy sad, right? You're like, yeah. like that's so sad, but like that's great that like this, you know, how it ended up and everything. Right. So probably those three. How about you? Like, do you have any that you remember? Oh yeah, for sure. So Hunger Games was the first time that I cried in a movie theater. Uh, <laughs> spoiler: yeah. When Rue dies, that like I cried in that movie theater and. <laughs> I felt like a like a weenie, but then I looked over, and then there was like this dude who looked like a former veteran, let just like <laughs> like a, a man of a man, and he was over there wiping tears too. And I was like, okay, good, I'm, it's I all did good. it. <laughs> um, so there's definitely that uh, the Fall in Our Stars. Um, watching that, there's definitely a lot of tears there. Um, which not even not even just because they died, just like. <laughs> I, I really like the, uh, the is that cinema. the one where the dude has the cigarette but doesn't smoke it? Yeah, which okay. is like the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> but um, that's like, uh. yeah, like like the death isn't really what makes me sad, or not even makes me sad. I didn't cry because I was sad, but uh, there's a sentiment that basically they're reading a uh, the, their eulogies, and then in it, um, it's the dude who died. He's he wrote this when he was still alive for his girl in case she died or something. I don't know. She has a eulogy even though she's alive and she's reading it. And uh, what the line is, is is like she understood that it was better to be deeply loved by someone than like widely loved by everyone. Right. Um, So just that sentiment, like like I'm a Enneagram three wherever I always want to impress people and stuff like that. So especially coming from like the faith perspective of like, Mm -hmm. you know, like especially Nashville being in such a numbers game and stuff. I mean, it's literally it's, a place you can where get caught up in it. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's a place wherever um, you see someone and they're amazing. And then you see someone being over there like, man, they only have 400 followers, you know? So it's such a numbers game and it's just a lot of that, what I would consider like that wide love wherever, you know, no one knows you surface level, but mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I like them or whatever, but you know, being a Christian and knowing that God loves me deep, like, just drawing that connection in my mind that made the the tears fall. So there's that uh, senior year. I rewatched a lot of boy meets world. Okay. And so anything coming of age, whenever I was a senior in high school, like that was automatic tear jerker. Like, <laughs> I'm growing up now. <laughs> um, and yeah. And star girl that, that so Stargirl. two movies on Disney that. plus that can make you cry. Uh-oh. If you like able. Well, it, and it depends on who you are too. Some people probably would cry over Star Wars. Right. I don't. Oh. I don't watch a lot of. It. I've, I watched Have the you first watched few epi- the first few episodes, or right when it came out, and they were was it? It wasn't all out at once, right? It was like it, one episode. Week, yeah. yeah. So I watched. I think like three or four of them. See, yeah, I. And we can't spoil. That's pretty new. That, so that's we can- new. I will say I had. He's he's actually my cousin now. He married my cousin when Episode Seven of Star Wars came out, mm-hmm. which I don't mind spoiling because the whole those three movies are trash um and it's been out for a while now but like i think it was the sunday after that movie came out um my cousin was the uh or he wasn't my cousin at the time my cousin's now husband was a intern pastor at my church and he in his sermon brought up the fact that han solo died <laughs> and like literally i mean the sunday after it came out luckily i had seen it but he spoiled uh, that for so like yeah they're, they're sermon no-nos, and that's definitely one of them. Um, <laughs> Spoilers, right? Yeah. Just... Marvel? Oh, I cried during uh, Infinity War. Oh, yeah. I think I might have. I might have. Oh, did not, I? Not, not when Iron Man died, but when... Uh, when uh, Spider-Man? Black Widow. Oh, when she yeah. Died, that's a good that, one. That crushed me. Yeah. What about... um? Oh, who's the guy with the... 
thing in his head. Vision. Yeah. Nah, he's not human. I don't care about him. <laughs> he's just a robot. I, I mean, I, I watched the WandaVision trailer that came out this morning, and I'm going to watch that show as soon as it comes out. But, like, I, I have a weird, and I get, like, I get none of it's real or anything like that. But, like, <laughs> I'm never going to cry or feel much towards, like, a robot or anything in a movie. Um, Just, yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, a movie what about I am legend when the, oh. uh, canine. Yeah, that was sad. I that trying to hits. think of like a I, movie that's like, would have a, re- I don't watch enough movies. Like I watch some, I watch shows. Yeah. More than anything. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I can't think of any like robot movies where I'm like, that was, yeah. But what's, how about top? Like what's your favorite show right now? What are you watching? Sh- um, <laughs> stranger things is probably my all time favorite show. It's pretty good over uh, this little time that I've been back home because like really in Nashville, I, I don't watch like I'd never binge anything. Um, when like, Mandalorian was coming out, I'd watch like that episode every week, but generally just, I, I work during the days and then I go out and I write and I play shows at night. So then by the time I get home, turn on a podcast, call a few friends or something, then, then I'm out. Yeah, but, um, you can turn this one on now. You yeah. Know. Yeah. This, I'll, I'll, this be, like, will be my I, hometown I, connection. Do you hate your own voice? I hate my own voice. I don't like my talking voice. Yes. I've grown used to my That's... singing voice and I've, I've heard my voice enough now on stuff wherever I don't hate it, but I'm not going to listen to this. Like, <laughs> oh. Well, that's what sucks is I'm going to have to, like, I'm going right, to be like, yeah. cut this, cut. Maybe I'll let Ethan do that. Maybe we'll do that. But whew, I don't, I, I even, I made like a quick like trailer, like that is mm-hmm. going up today, which isn't today, whatever. It's January 1st. It went up four days ago, yeah. whatever. And so I was like watching it, like where I, I'm like, I like literally, I think I sped it up like yeah. to like a hundred and like four or five percent because i was right. like so slow and i'm like and it that and it's, percentage makes a huge difference yeah, yeah. And, and i try to like pitch shift it down I'm like now nah, i sound but it's so weird because oh, okay this is another thing we could actually talk about <laughs> but wait what, what's your favorite show oh my favorite show yeah right now so i have a few that like have like the, it's the end of the seasons and mm-hmm. so like i'm just waiting so like money heist mm-hmm. have you ever watched that i have not oh so it was originally it's a french it's a french show i'm pretty sure um but they adapted it for the u.s so like when you watch it like their mouths don't match what they're saying yeah but like and usually i hate those right but it's so good like (laughs) and it's not even like it's just like it's like a like originally it was called um they dumbed down the name for the U.S. Right. So like it's on Netflix and it used to be called, it was like some real like fancy, like, yeah, like the inside, like whatever. But they were like, what are we going to call it for? Like these dumb United <laughs> States people. And they're like, it's about a heist and there's money. Let's just call it money heist. Money heist and yeah. so in it, 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 it's a really good show, but season five is like supposed to, and you know, COVID stopped everything. So mm-hmm. like we're waiting on a lot of stuff, but season five is supposed to be coming out sometime. But, um, that, super good show uh i started watching westworld okay. um it's it's good i have um my coworker who on tv shows i respect his opinion more than about anyone he that's i think the first season or the first two were like his favorite seasons of television yeah and that's what i was gonna say is i'm on like season three now and i'm like i've seen like if you've seen season one and two, you're like, this is awesome. Right. Then you get seen and you're like, I've seen this. Like, it's mm-hmm. the same thing. Yeah. You know? And I think that's with a lot of shows. Like, The Walking Dead, I used to love, like, in high school. Yeah. But it's, yeah, you know, they're still making it. And I'm like, 
and I, like just end it. I don't know. Some people still like it. I don't know. Yeah, but. I like one thing I like about and I watch almost no British television. Yeah. Um, because proud American oh, British television. Um, I can get a Taskmaster. You ever watch that? <laughs> I I do not. Because it's I don't like, watch much of it. But what I respect about it is with TV shows, like they they don't have. I mean, and maybe the reality side of it's different. But like um, like the IT crowd and stuff like that, which are like fantastic comedy shows. There's like, and that's my favorite British thing ever is this show called the IT crowd. Um, but it only has two or three seasons, I think. And they're short. Like they just, they try to get something good and then they like shut it down before it gets out of control. So, but what I was saying was I, because I think I started talking about being on break or being home, uh, for Christmas. Mm -hmm. Then I started talking about my schedule in Nashville and I didn't complete the thought that I was going to say. So now I'm going to complete that thought, hey, which was I rewatched the first the and third seasons of Stranger Things. So yeah. for the one person that was like really Where's, holding on to like, what, what was he going to say? Gonna say? <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, I'm sure that we're going to get a lot of that. And that's going to be with, <laughs> if I'm the host, we're going to be all over the place. You're going to be gonna, off the rails. You're going to have literally, you're going to have to like have your like pin map up and be like, okay, he was here. Now he's down here. Let's connect these lot. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm very just. I, I don't know. I could probably be medicated for yeah, no. <laughs> for just like but not like knowing what's maybe going Maybe that's on. the same stuff though that makes you good at all the business and the like creating stuff because I mean, I'm the same, kind of the same way wherever I get very zigzag brain, but I also like to think that maybe that's kind of like the creativity or something. I, I agree with you. So I think I have like this theory and it's not like a complete theory, but mm-hmm. I have like this theory that like people who like, I don't, I don't know if it's, necessarily ADHD yeah They're like people who like can't like focus on one thing like for a very long time and I can't like I used to have to edit videos and like now Ethan does a lot of that for yeah. me if I have to like sit and like focus on one thing no ch- like I love like I almost call it like ju- like you're juggling like thoughts yeah. in your head like you're on one thing and you're like I need to do this with it and then you throw it up then you're on the next thing. You're like, oh, I need to do this real quick before I. And mm-hmm. you, you know, and you now sometimes that doesn't work. That's why, like, when I walk to my car, I'm like, what was I doing? Right. Yeah. But I think for the most part, like, you you almost just keep these like things in your mind, and like you would almost need like a calendar to do it or like a planner. Right. But for the most part, you're like, it's here. I know it's somewhere, and then you do it, and it, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But like, there's this like, I feel like that's I do a lot of just like, in intellectual juggling with like what's coming up tomorrow what's today oh i need to do this before this and i don't know how i keep it like in my head and sometimes i do like sometimes i'll be like oh no i'm supposed to do this but right for the most part i'm like i did pretty good <laughs> no no for sure and that's like i i've last year i started journaling a whole lot more than i ever have mm-hmm. um and i for me that's a really good way of like um i have all these thoughts and stuff like that but like that's just how I get them out. You know, that's how I get them down is I just, um, especially there's some days that like, and it's when I'm the most excited and the most energized about things that are going on. That's whenever I'm like, okay, hit the brakes, write down everything that you're feeling right now about like what you want to do, what you want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And then I'll take that journal entry and I'll make a kind of a list out of it and stuff. So like I'm, I'm big in the list. Um, I don't always follow them, but All like, right. I like at least that I took the time to be like, I need to do this and this and this and this uh, because it turns hopefully like a million thoughts into about five, you know, yeah. then I could yeah. ignore three of those and focus on the two that I end up doing. So, yeah, that's, I just, yeah, I get all over the place and mm-hmm. 
somehow it works out. I, I actually, I ended up getting a like big calendar. Yeah. And see, I had a, a dry erase board calendar. They had to like change the month on it. But I literally, I got, I went and got, I feel like if I write it, like, you know, for, like for mm-hmm. the journal for you, but I feel like if I'm writing it on paper, it's almost different than like typing it or like, yeah. st- like it's like, it like solidifies it. And I, so I have like all of January like written out already. And like, I was looking at it and like, I have something every day. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, I mean, I live by my calendar and my phone. I mean, right. I, that's how I decide what I can do and stuff is because you schedule a lot of rights and like shows and stuff like that. And then like, I didn't realize that I moved down there, but I was never like busy yeah, living here, you know? Um, now it's literally, there's something taking up a good chunk of my evening every single evening, which I love. And that's something different, I think with, you know, the Nashville scene versus like somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It might be similar in like Los Angeles, of course not right now, they're on lockdown right. forever. But um, I think, you know, I'll, like, like especially when Ryan and Adam, those guys come back here, they're like, Hey, let's do something tonight. Or like, you know, like it's, I feel like the national scene's almost more of, you know, everyone does their work on the weekends. Right. And so throughout the week, you're just not doing like you are doing stuff, but it's like yeah. more around the house and like, you can do like these sessions where it's like, or somewhere around here, it's like you're nine to five. Like mm-hmm. I'm in a, I have work Monday through Friday the weekends are my free time. Whereas like, it's different, I think for like, especially like the musicians and stuff yeah. down there that are singing like mm-hmm. shows and stuff. But do you do a lot more during the weekends? And you, like, is that almost like your, not necessarily your free time, but is that like your work time versus your weeks? Or are you in the places more during the week as well? Yeah. I mean, that, and that's one thing that I'm really trying to get figured out for 2021. Um, just because I've, I've been back in Cambridge for the past two weeks and I've loved it because I've allowed myself to rest. And like, you know, for the past six months, I hadn't been getting enough sleep, never gave myself a day off. Um, and I'm not trying to complain about that. It's awesome. Right. I mean, it's it's like, that was kind of the goal, you know? So now I'm trying to get into giving myself kind of a weekend. So, um, you know, I work uh, Disrupt, my day job, Monday mm-hmm. through Friday. Um, so I'm grateful for that. And then I'm also grateful that get that gives me my Saturdays off. So generally what I do with my Saturdays is there's other people who work nights or just do music full time and stuff that they like writing during the day and not at night. So Saturdays is my chance to write with people that I won't write on nights. Okay. Um, but yeah, then Sundays I, I try to chill as much as I can on Sundays. Um, and then it's kind of nice though, that Sunday nights starting about six or seven o'clock, there's this thing that, I do a lot and if I'm not doing it then my friends are there playing called Nashville Tour Stop that my buddy books uh, at some of the venues around town so then that's kind of like actually a nice like allow myself to chill out a little bit on Saturday night and Sunday you know just kind of rest I'm a big fan of like at least the idea of Sabbathing I, I'm yeah. not normally the greatest at doing it that's something I'm trying to work on but it's kind of a nice like kick into the week of like okay here's the show to kick off the week um so yeah, I I would love um, to be at the point wherever maybe it's like maybe Sundays and Mondays are kind of my off days because in, in music like a Saturday off is kind of rare, right? Um, especially once things start opening up and there's shows going on and stuff like that. Like a free Saturday is kind of a rare thing, but if I could get like a Sunday and Monday or Sunday Monday Tuesday, wherever I'm either just working on my own stuff or uh, I have those days off, then and that'd be pretty cool, but 
I, I, I love the music stuff. So if, oh, yeah. however long I got to keep on doing that every night, it's, it's no complaint, you know? Yeah. And I think like with what I do necessarily, I try to be during the day work, but like mm -hmm. so much of what I do is sports at night. Right. Yeah. So my work schedule is almost based off of the opposite of a normal work schedule yeah. because people like they have the game so that people can get off work and, and go watch their kids play, you mm -hmm. know? And so I find myself like just so free during the day and like, and there's no better feeling because I, I work some, some flex hours and stuff. Um, there's no better feeling than like it being like two o'clock on a Thursday oh. and you're like, just like out of Walmart or something like that. That's so cool. Sorry. Not to interrupt. No, you, yeah, interrupt it's true. It's true. And it's, it's weird because you almost feel, especially like when you're doing your own thing, mm -hmm. you almost feel like obligated to be like working. You're like, I'm not doing anything. I feel like I'm not like getting anything done. Like people are going to be upset, but then you realize, oh, I work like at night, like yeah. <laughs> almost every night. And right. so it's, it's a weird balance that I'm just starting to figure out is like, you don't have to work from 9am to, you know, three or 4pm in the office and then be like, well, now I got to go take pictures. So there's your whole, you know, your whole day's gone till 10pm. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, I'll go do stuff during the day. Like it's weird because, you know, a lot of your friends are working. So, yeah or they're in college. And so you're just, you know, you got a lot of free time, but mm -hmm. you're pretty much doing it yourself. Like, yeah, I'll hang out here a lot. I'll, so for the most part, we, we do so much work, especially like with the wedding stuff too. Mm -hmm. You know, we're working Saturdays almost for all sure. day. Um, you know, Sundays we film some churches. So it's like, we do so much just generally throughout the week. It's weird to have your free time be, you know, from 9 a.m on a Monday to, you know, four or 5 PM on a Monday. And that's like four or five days a week during the week versus the weekends where you're like, Oh, every, that's almost when it, like teaching, you know, yeah. everyone's like, Oh, let's, you know, let's do something this week. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm busy. Now this year has been a little different cause we haven't had as many weddings. Right. And well, this year has been different for everything, but that's actually like, I heard this on a podcast one time and it's just super valuable information. So I'm going to steal it as my own and pass it on. Like anyone that's considering like getting into like creative stuff or like, um, you know, doing your own business and stuff like that feeling that you have in high school, wherever you're having fun doing something, but you're like, you know, I probably should be studying right now. That never goes away. If right. you do something creative. Now, the cool thing is instead of homework, it's something that you love doing. But like, I always feel like, you know, if I'm just chilling out watching movies, like, man, I should probably be working on a song right now, you know, <laughs> right. like, yeah like um and you almost feel like guilty about it like right and uh, but the, uh, i mean the truth is like it's because we're just living on a slightly different schedule than the rest of the world like mm -hmm. i was feeling i was beating myself up over the fact that i was sleeping in a lot and i was I like still man do. i never yeah. i never sleep in or i never used to sleep in i'm being a slacker it was like dude you also used to fall asleep at 10 o'clock every night now you're out playing shows till 12 and then hanging mm -hmm. out and making connections till one or two in the morning. And it's, and all that's have work. To sleep in. You know? Yeah. You know, it's, like, it's fun, but it's work. Yeah. It is. And that's, that's, what's weird too. Right. When you're getting started, you don't realize like going and hanging out with people is work. Yeah. Like it sounds so dumb, right? Cause you're having mm -hmm. a good time and you, but you're literally building connect. That's how, so we always go back to Ryan, don't we? But, <laughs> but that's how like, you know, we filmed two Orion's music videos. One mm -hmm. was in Nashville. One was in 
Noble County, Guernsey yeah. County. Sorry, I didn't say Noble, but it was in Noble County. But it's supposed to be Guernsey, so it's close enough. Yeah. But, so we filmed it out at a guy that I went and, you know, we worked out together, Brad Bennett. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we actually just went out there to take some cover photos, right? Because he has a big, like, open field. So we took some photos, and then, you know, we were sitting there talking, and we were already planning to have, like, a not a festival, but just like have people over for like a two day, like party thing. Yeah. So that we could film this music video with them. Mm -hmm. And so we were there and he's like, "Uh, if you guys are free, I don't, it was some, it was like a special weekend. It was like, it wasn't Memorial day weekend, but it was Mm -hmm. something like that. Labor day or something. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, well, we're, it might've been labor day. And he was like, well, we're having a, you know, every year we have our tent city and we have people come out and, you know, we just put tents up, bring RVs and they just hang out. And we looked at each other and I talked and I was like, what if we just did it here, you know? And yeah. he's like, that's a good idea. So like that turned into like this music video, you know, and it was just from going and like, we did this music video while we were hanging out there. And, and right. so it turned into that. Then he came back for that. Every little, it's like the butterfly effect, right? So everything's connected some way, but so he comes back to film that. Well now, you know, we're hanging out at Wagon Wheel because he wants to go talk to people. And, and, and you know, he he's really big on getting to know where he came from, like yeah. giving those people chances to like, he, he's not just like, oh, I'm here. Like, right. he wants to go meet people, right? And yeah. so we, we go and go out and meet people. And from there, you know, we were like, well, let's just play a concert here. You know, so from mm-hmm. hanging out, we booked a concert and, you know, and so it's just the connections you make, you know, it doesn't have to feel like work, but right. it is. And that's kind of hard to identify when you're, you're in this field because, when you do take that time off, it's, it's nice, but you don't, you know, I, I guess the point I wanted to make was, um, we, so when I first started this, I would work every, and I still work almost every day, yeah. but we would work every day and I would be like, got to get this done, get this done. And for like a year and a half straight, just nothing but work. And then finally me and my friends, we do a cabin trip every year now. Mm-hmm. So we started two years ago. So we went on this cabin trip. And I like didn't do anything. Like we were just hanging out. Like we were in, it's Hawking Hills, so we didn't have internet anyway. Right. So we couldn't do anything if we even wanted to. Well, you know, I take that four or five days, maybe it's three or four at this cabin and I get back and I was like re-energized. Like, you know, you like mm-hmm. feel like, okay, I'm ready to like get back to work versus like, if you don't take that time off, you just feel like you're like just doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. So I think, I think taking that time off is a, is a crucial step in, in continuing to grow. And sometimes it even sparks, you know, ideas. And that's like, that's another, like when we're talking extremes, you know, there's like the whole kind of like hustle culture, which mm-hmm. like, I think there's a lot of healthy stuff inside of that. Um, but like kind of this mantra of like no days off, right. you know, it, it's not healthy. It's not like we weren't created by like to do that. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm big into like, there's like different seasons for things. Right. Um, and you have to kind of gauge out what season you're in, what season you're going into. And so like, like the last six months, I, I do regret, like, I don't regret, I, it probably would have been wise to, uh, take an evening off every now and then, because what ended up happening was I, because I didn't do that, I ended up getting sick and just sleeping basically for three days straight, like trying to catch up. And then I come down here. And, you know, after another pretty, you know, after that whole six months of being down in Nashville and like that, that's what I, I just kept on sleeping. 
and just trying to like chill out and stuff. So like my goal is now like, okay, that was necessary for that season. I'm just like trying to get to know the town and meet a few people. So now I, once again, kind of the widely deeply thing, like I widely know a good amount of people and I still need to keep on reaching out to people and, you know, seeing what value I can add and how people can, how we can help each other out and stuff. But like, I also need to go deeper with people and in order to go deeper with people, I need to be better than I've been, which means I need to rest, you know? Mm -hmm. So like that's, I'm trying to figure out ways to recharge and like a schedule that works for me with that. Yeah. That's so that I don't, you know, pass out for two weeks straight. (laughs) And I, I've done it. I mean, I like, and I'm sure people have seen it in the qual. Like you notice a, like a lack of quality once like it's degrading. Right. And so like, you're just like in this like loop and you're like, okay, I've done this. Let's do it a little. So I actually booked last year. It was, you know, that's the first year I started like 2019, I guess, I guess that's two years ago now. But, (laughs) but in 2019 I booked like, I think it was eight weddings in a row. Yeah. And I was like, oh great, I'm gonna make all this money. And it was the first time I'd booked that many in a row. And so by like the fifth or sixth one, I was like, here goes another Saturday. Like Weddings are like, I mean like weddings, they drain you for a while too. Yeah. And like, I, I don't even edit, you know, I, I secondary shoot for Wildflower, but I mean, that's a busy day. You wake up early, get all the gear put together mm-hmm. and then you're, on the move all day that day you don't sit down yeah you know it's and then depending how late different people different videographers and photographers stay different amount of time but like like so you might have a kind of like waking up at seven o'clock in the morning into not really wrapping up till about 12 o'clock at night and you've been working that whole day and then i mean you're you're drained yeah and that's especially I think there's probably someone who does like hardcore manual labor. That's like really hating this conversation. Yeah, they're right like, now. shut up, shut up. up. You don't know. I throw concrete around right. 12 hours a day, every day. And I understand that yeah, too. For sure. Um, but I think for our age, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's weird too, because you know, a lot of people are going, they're like, Hey, let's go hang out this weekend. Let's go party or do something, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And you're like, oh, I got another wedding. Like you're not sad about it, right? but you're like, you're just like, I don't get to do it. Like, I don't get that. Like, that's the sacrifices you have to make to get to the point you want to get yeah. to. Right. And so I think it is a big sacrifice, but it's, it's a worthwhile sacrifice, but you, you do need to take those like rest days and, and, you know, schedule things apart if you have to. Um, do you ever think about how baller your, your video, your wedding video is going to be though? Like <sighs> yeah. I think about that a lot. <laughs> There's some where I'm I, like, and you know, too, kind of, like you'll be filming, you're like, this is it. You're yeah. like, this is going to look sweet. And, you know, they all end up looking good. But right. there's some where you're like, this one. This I mean, is... do you think about, like, if you get married, how good your oh, wedding will be? Oh, oh. Because you film so many and you know, <laughs> yeah. what, you know what the camera it should wants. Just be a, you should just vlog your way <laughs> just the whole day. Just gonna, I'm just hey. going to have a GoPro just <laughs> hanging out the whole time. No, that would be cool. I've always wanted to. My goal, and it's it's always adapting. Like, I always have a different goal. Yeah. But, like one of my goals like last year was I would love to like be like a destination like videographer mm-hmm. and just like travel you know just like hey wedding in Florida this week yep. and like you know you can go down a few days early hang out and then film your wedding whatever but that would be that would be like a goal really any I like the music stuff too yeah. so like anything I can go and travel but 
to get to that point, and I've been saying it for a couple years now, this, all this has to be sustainable, right? Yeah. And it's getting close. Like I can leave for a week or so and everything can still get done, which is nice. But that's, that's like the end goal is like have something. And it's the same thing. We're talking about revenue streams. Mm -hmm. Like you want to have your, your primary revenue stream, but then that can feed into what else you want to do with your life, right? what you want to get into. And, and that's kind of the, the idea is like, I want to be able to go and take, you know, cause I know what I want stuff to look like. And with the sports streams, they don't, you know, there's not necessarily like a, an artistic side to it. It's more of just once you learn the setup, you know, you're just getting the action. You're going yeah. back versus like a wedding or something where you need to get different shots close wide. Mm-hmm. The streams are easy and they're easy to replicate, which is good and bad, but I think it's okay for us. Yeah. But that would be like, my goal is like, I have all these like ideas and like, I know how I want stuff to look. So for that stuff where I would, would travel and do like music videos or, mm-hmm. or do weddings in Antarctica or something stupid, you know, right. I have that idea and I would love to just go be able to do that and not have to be like, oh, I don't have my, I can't do that. Like I, I don't have the money to do that. Right. And so that's kind of, that would be like my dream end game would be like to just travel and just, I don't know. That's, it, I, I've, I've explained that to some people wherever it's like, um, because people you know, like with doing the creativity, like the creative stuff, doing the creativity, um, <laughs> like doing the creative stuff and like just kind of the different, like, you know, for the next five years, I'm not too worried about starting a bunch of businesses or anything, but right. you know, like I definitely have that, uh, that drive in me that like, I want to, I would love to own a denim jacket company, like, yeah, like Gable Denim Co. It's going to happen. <laughs> they can um, put you in this warehouse. Yeah. I like right it. Yeah. Side. Um, it's on the other side of the wall though. I don't know. But it's like the end goal of all this stuff for me is just that I get to live on my own schedule. Right. You know, yeah. like, like and that's, that's, uh, like, and I think, I think that what, that's what excites me more than anything is the idea of just being like, your time is your time. My time right? is my time. Yeah. Yeah. I've always thought about that as like, yeah, I want to be able to control what I'm doing when, you know, not necessarily. Well, if someone books a wedding, they control when I'm doing that. Right. But, for the most part, you have like freedom. And for me at the beginning and still, I guess it's not like it changed and I was like, I want money now. But mm-hmm. for me, it's always been about is how valuable is my time mm-hmm. versus how much am I making during that time? So like working a nine to five, like you're so busy and you're like, you're caught up and some people like it. Like, it's not like a bad thing, right? right. But I've always thought about it like I want to control my time, I want to control how much I can do with that time and when I do it, because that's more valuable to me than money. Like, yeah. I want to be able to do what I want when I want. And that's all, I guess that's how I was, I've always grown up like anti-establishment and like right. go against, like, not like to an extreme, like I was, right. I, I got good grades in school and stuff, no, but sure. I've always been like, I value my time more than I value almost anything, mm-hmm. right? And so how much money I'm making during that time almost does not matter as long as I'm doing what I want to do with that time. And I, you know, I can still survive off of that. Yeah. No, no, I've, I get that. So speaking of goals and what, what's kind of the, uh, so, okay. So I remember this from last year. Some people don't think that the new decade started until 2021. Okay. So what would be like, like, what's your goals right now for the end of the year, like for this next 12 months and mm-hmm. then for like by the end of the decade? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well. Wow. 
Some people do the five years. I'm not, I don't care yeah, about that. What's, so what's the big goal and what's the goal, big year? It'll depend a lot. And that's with a lot of business right now. It'll depend a lot on COVID mm-hmm. and what we end up doing with that. But um, honestly, like for 2020, you know, you can still find some good in it. Like, I think anyone, most people can. Obviously, there's a lot of bad, but the good that came out of that for us was the live streaming stuff. Um, we did that. We had stream stuff before everything hit and everyone wanted it. So we kind of knew what we were doing, right? And right. a lot of people... That probably just clanked all over <laughs> the audio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no. And so, well, and that's what I'm scared. I'm like, what if this mic's like super loud? And this just, one's like, not like, it. like I'm in the stand yours, a lot and stuff because like... <laughs> This mic is pretty good at controlling controlling that. it, yeah. And uh, but I've always thought about, uh, or not even. Anyway, <laughs> oh, I'm so out of. But <laughs> so 2020, we we started streaming more. You know, we had done it before, so we knew what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of people, other video companies, especially, were like, "Oh, we need to we need to stream because we can make money. The schools want it." Well, I'm just sitting back. I'm like, "Hey, I know what I'm doing." You know, come, come we'll right. do it for you, which was nice because I'd have people reach out to me like, "What do you use for this?" And I'm like, "I'll tell you because I'm nice, but right. <laughs> I shouldn't." Consulting <laughs> for you, right there, right? right. Yeah. So you know, I knew a lot about it already from doing that, from doing the gaming stuff, and like streaming that. Um, but that would, I guess, going into this next year at the end of 2021, you know, we're sitting in December. I would have liked to have eight schools for live streams uh, for football season, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but that depends again a lot on COVID because right. this year was different. The OHSAA allowed um, third parties, so like companies like us, to actually stream football, whereas before that you weren't allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what everyone's kind of waiting on. It's like, there's a lot of value in it still, but if you're not allowed to do it, well then having $20,000 worth of equipment does nothing, right? right. And so, it's going to depend a lot on that, but I think, I think it's here to stay for a while. Mm-hmm. I don't think the live streaming stuff's going to go anywhere, um, but that would be my goal. Because let's see, for twenty this last year, this last football season, we had Meadowbrook, Malvern, Buckeye Trail, River, uh, Shenandoah. So five. I hope I'm not forgetting anyone. Though. Right. We're, we're pretty late in the you podcast. Just, you who, just lost the one still, that you forgot. Who's still anyway, listening, so. really? <laughs> but I think five. Correct me if I'm wrong, someone. But five. So adding three isn't that big of a stretch. Mm-hmm. Even more. I mean, you know, my when I first started, my initial goal was I want to double. So August is like our big month where we make a lot of our money for the year. Yeah. I said I want to double my income, not necessarily my profit, it'd be nice, but right. I want to double the money coming into the company every August, which is crazy. Like, right. cause at some point you can't do that. Like it just starts, eh, I guess you could, but <laughs> it, it, it starts being more than just me doing it. Right? right. And so, so far we've done that, um, which is crazy to think about. Cause the first, you know, the first August, 2018, we had $8,000, right. Mm-hmm. Income profit still almost here you know right we run on that's with a lot of the creative industries what i don't think a lot of people realize is the margins are like just so thin yeah like there's not really that much money in it because cameras and lenses are expensive yeah and that's what <laughs> you know a lot of people don't understand um 
And so I try to explain, I'm like, really a production company is not profitable or even like if you want to be a YouTuber, right? Mm -hmm. You have to put that potential, you have to risk a lot. And that's with a lot of businesses, but you have to risk a lot and see very little results until it pays off. Right. Like there is a, there is a point when that pays off for you, but it could be four or five, six years until you are like that. Wow. Like I'm good. I can do this and I can, yeah, you can cut back here and there and make it work like I am, but you're not going to see the money. You're like, oh, wow. Like he looks like he makes a lot of money or right. they make that business is booming. They really might not be, you yeah. know, they might be. And that's what we do is like, we're investing back into it with like the podcast, all this stuff. So, you know, I mean, that's like, is Netflix even a profitable company yet? <sighs> if, if it is, it just became one in the past five recently. Years. Yeah. yeah. They, they were, they, yeah. And there's so many businesses that are still, you know, they'll take out and thank goodness we never had to take out a loan for anything here Mm -hmm. but there's so many businesses that like have been around for four or five years that are still paying off the loans that they had just to get started you know and are they making money not necessarily um there's uh, the same thing in music there's a lot of big artists or i mean the top dogs for the most part they're doing that full-time but there's a lot of people that people would be surprised that they're giving lessons on the side. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they're working, especially like a lot of, um, you know, just kind of like the artists play with the band and stuff like that band during the off season, you know, they, you know, some of them can play music full time, but then also I follow a dude who's an amazing guitar player that he was playing in this rock band and during the off season tour and he had to work in a hotel, even yeah. though they were playing in front of, they were playing huge circuits of, you know, they were, they were the opening, opening, opening act, but still in front of like 10, 20,000 people. And then, you know, sometimes they would play a show and then he would go back to the hotel and then, you know, walk the people who just saw them at the concert up to their hotel room, you know, like right. people were surprised by that. And same with, you know, as far as we're talking about like the investment and stuff like that, um, you know, people record deals and stuff, they loan people money. And then, so, there's some artists that they've made it, but they might not have made a dollar yet. That's something I wanted to talk about too, because mm-hmm. you mentioned a long time ago, but record labels and record deals. Yeah. Um, I love them all. And if they want to give me money and a deal, yeah, come at me. <laughs> I won't take a bad one, but the right one I will definitely <laughs> that's, take. And that's what I was going to say is, <laughs> you know, I've always heard about there's, you want to make sure it's the right. And that's what a lot, you know, a lot of this applies to a lot of life, but you want to make sure you're not getting screwed over and you're getting yeah. the right deals and everything. Um, but that, that would be, I guess our 2021 goal would be to have those eight schools that are return customers. You know, they keep coming back, mm-hmm. but, uh, that's where, you know, that's why we're able to be successful and, and grow as our, our, our price is really good. You know, right. the price point is a lot better than a lot of other people's. So obviously schools are going to tend towards that problem with that price point is unless you can see into the future unless your vision and you got your stone in your head or whatever um you know you can't you can't see the the potential money there you're you're looking at well i need to make this much for me it's more it's more scale economies of scale right mm-hmm. if i can scale this to be something bigger then there's money in it right um, and that's what even with the paid uh like some of our schools did paid uh broadcast so we would split the ticket revenue with them. Some would take all the ticket revenue because um, they would pay us instead. Right. But 
Um, you know, now with, with COVID and everything, these schools are able to make money back for their programs, pay refs, because no one's able to go to the games other than parents. Right. So, you know, the schools are making some money back. But people are so used to the YouTube, the Facebook, the one guy that has a kid on the team that'll broadcast the games for free. Right. And what they don't understand is, you know, you're providing a service. And mm -hmm. as much as you don't, as much as you wish it could be free, it isn't. You know, you either have to sponsor it out, the schools have to pay for it, or right. there has to be someone paying for it. And we're still figuring out our price points and everything. Like that was the big thing this year is like trying to figure out where's the sweet spot between not screwing people over mm -hmm. and giving them good value. Like, because, and, and we're getting to that point where we're starting to learn. But what I think a lot of people don't understand was this year was a really big test year for everything. I mean, it was right. all new. So trying to make people understand that, yeah, you might have to pay for it, but you you get to sit in the comfort of your own home you know, for the, for the most part, we had some streams that were a little glitchy and laggy, but yeah. for the most part, we figured out how to keep the streams lag free. You know, you're going to get a good experience. You're going to get two announcers. So if you want that quality product, you've either got to pay for it or if you're, and this goes back to the social dilemma thing is if you're not paying for a product, you are the you product. You are the product, yeah. Right. And so- you Either pay for it or you sit through ads. I mean, yeah. yeah. And so that's where- I would love to be if people were just like willing, you know, and I think it'll take a little bit of time, but I think over time you'll see more people become okay with paying for streams, um, mm -hmm. especially local. Whereas like before it's like, you know, you'd have your Netflix, your Hulu, like you pay for those, but you're getting that. And I think what COVID's done is make, um, make, you know, the local businesses more integrated into, you know, before you'd stream to Facebook, you'd stream to YouTube just cause, you know, that's where people are. That's where they want to see it. And you're not really going to make, you know, no one's going to really pay for a game outside of that. So right. I think that's been a really big factor is, you know, how, like trying to explain that to people, trying and onboarding them too. Um, mm -hmm. it's a new platform, you know, not to them, but like to your, the people watching your streams, that's a whole new platform to them. They don't know anything about it. They don't know how it works. So you're really we experience the same thing doing live stream funerals. Right. Did yeah. you guys start doing that too this year? Well, or was that something you'd always done? We, uh, we've been recommending it forever and now we're not like a technology company. So mm -hmm. we're not like providing like a software or anything. Uh, basically we just kind of came up with like, uh, this camera works good for it and you, you know, but we're, we're not an IT company, so, right. but we are social media. So all those streams were taking place on our platforms. And uh, we did have to figure out some ways to uh, help funeral directors talk about it with their communities and stuff like that, which is an interesting process. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I we we did a few. We tried streaming a few funerals. The problem we ran into is around here with the 4G. Mm -hmm. It's just so spotty, you know. Yeah. And that's that's something too is as these area as these smaller areas get better internet, you're going to be able to you know your capabilities of streaming get a lot better. So. The streams will only get better, you know, they'll yeah. only continue to get better. We learn more, the internet grows so we can, you know, we can have a better, 5G's coming. I've heard they're putting it in Cambridge sometime mm -hmm. soon. So I don't know, maybe I'll, yeah. 5G's gonna be crazy. Because right. 4G's good enough to stream, mm -hmm. but it's limited. And then you go down to 3G. So when 5G gets here, assuming they're gonna do the same thing, you'll be limited on 5G how much you can use, even though it's an unlimited plan, but then you'll only drop down to 4G, which is great. Like 
it's, that'll be good enough to stream, you know? So, yeah. So that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that gets here soon because then we'll be able to take hotspots and not have to worry about internet. At right. Sp- and a lot of the school's internets are good, but that's something, you know, it's still a learning process with is trying to figure out what schools do what, how, how's your internet here. And that's what we're going to probably have to figure out for, and I haven't, I just thought about this a little bit ago. Well, yesterday for a minute, but then now I'm really thinking about it. Is <laughs> Because you juggled it yesterday yeah. and now it's back in the hand. But for baseball and softball, these schools are going to want baseball and softball, right? Mm-hmm. But these fields might not be anywhere near an internet connection. Right. So that's something we're going to have to like really look into and how we're going to do that. And so, oh, that'll be interesting. I'm not sure what we're going to do with that yet. <laughs> so... I guess my last closing remark is going to be real quick. What's your 10 year goal? Ooh, and like, tell, in like yeah, two sentences. Uh, let me think my 10 year goal, I guess would be to have, I don't know if I would still be in this building, but you know, some sort of studio where it's not just me with the idea, like, you know, almost a disrupt, yeah. but just for a broader production company where it's like, people you know people know what they're doing they're creatives they can come in they can have their own shows uh it might even be a youtube based thing where you know someone's making their youtube content here um could be anything else could be you know local businesses coming in like for example the daily jeff mm-hmm. now is starting to come in and do interviews here which is nice so that's another you know avenue where we we were building a connection with people but i think 10 year Definitely a bigger studio. Uh, hopefully, employee, you know, real employees, not yeah. just independent and W and four or nine or whatever workers. Right. Um, so that would be, a, I guess, a big goal would be that. But also, I would like. I don't want to say hands off because I feel like once someone who creates something becomes hands off on it, it loses a lot of what it was. Mm-hmm. But I want to be able to use more of my time on less of the grunt work more of the broader vision more of the broad vision yeah. where we're going to be headed not necessarily even the managing role just like i want to be able to be the idea guy and like yeah. drive the business and do less of like on the ground you know figuring out what equipment to use and all that stuff that would i guess be a 10-year goal would be get to that point where i can just look ahead and say honestly 10 years from now if you're really ambitious, I'd like to be retired, you know, yeah. like if you've made enough money by that point or not even, I guess, retired, just have this and I can go do, you know, do that travel yeah. stuff and all that. So I guess that would be a big goal for me. What's, what's your 10 year goal? A 10 year goal is that, um, full-time songwriter now, yeah. whether that means I'm, uh, well, okay. So I say that, but I'm, I also, you know, I had the ability to be a full-time songwriter, uh, but along with that, you know, I, I do have these other things that I want to do. I like by that point, I would like to be doing something, have a have some sort of a role in a local church, whether it's like, um, you know, planting a new church or something like that, or uh, just being, you know, being a more active member. Hopefully, by that point, I can help fund some things and stuff like that, but. I don't know. I really like the idea of, uh, I feel like I'm supposed to do something with like starting a smaller church or something like that Mm -hmm. or some sort of ministry. So, and, and that's kind of the goal is like, if I, if I could do music and stuff to the point that it frees me up 
so that I can use my time to uh, invest in others and invest in like the church and stuff like that. Like that, that would be a heck of a 10 year goal if I'm 30 and, and able to do all that. So, yeah. And do a, uh, own land. I want land, you know, land. That I, is... I rent one room and like, now I'm like, ah, that's next to the house, then some land. Uh, like... I know that is. So my dad was telling me, he's like, yeah, this used to be our farm. And then we moved here to this, this house. I'm like, mm-hmm. what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> I like, <laughs> like, I have no, I, I don't know the story behind it or anything, but I'm like, we had a farm. Like, <laughs> my goal is to be like 45 minutes outside of Nashville, you know, wherever I have and, and, uh, yeah. if that takes 20 years, so be it. But, oh yeah. yeah. But that's, yeah, there's a lot to that. That's a whole nother oh, for sure. thing is like, if you can own land, you can, that's another revenue stream. Yeah. Like, and that's kind of what my idea has been with, um, like, obviously we don't have a ton of money. Like I can't just go buy houses and stuff. Right. So like, I'm like, what's like a really good, like moneymakers, like renting property. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in my head, I'm like, how can I do that with what I have? And yeah. so like, for example, I thought for this, this last season, you know, you've seen us streaming some of the apex streams for, they're in a whole nother company, you know, mm-hmm. but they use our service because they can do paid streams. It's easier. It's less on the groundwork for them. So the reason that happened was I was sitting there thinking one day and I'm like, well, if I can't rent property, what can I rent? Right. I can rent out digital space that costs me some money, but it's a lot cheaper than property. It's not zero, but right. no, it's I very, mean, you know. That's, uh, there's, a, uh, there's a proverb that is like, I think it's basically wealth will come to the man who works his land and uh, the man who just chases passions will uh, be well known with with poverty. So just the idea of like, you know, if you use your resources and you, you know, kind of every piece of the buffalo, yeah, um, you know, then then hopefully according, according to the Bible, some good things can come out of that. So that's not Eli advice. That's right. That's yeah. God. So. <laughs> Well, um, what is your closing remarks? We're going to sign off here in a minute, but what's, uh, what do you want to leave everyone with? What do I want to leave everyone with? Um, I'll do my plugs and I'll yeah. try to think oh, yeah. of something and I'm going to pick up my phone <laughs> Oh no! Oh. because I don't have all my plugs memorized. So yes, I have a single coming out in March. So if you guys want to stay up to date, on that and maybe if you want i can give you i can send the single to you if you want to tease yeah. it or anything oh, yeah. like that we can throw it on there if you want to use it for anything feel free to mm-hmm. um so i'm on instagram at eli underscore gable underscore music same thing on tiktok and then facebook if you guys search eli gable music or eli robert gable because i'm getting everything switched over from eli robert gable to eli gable then that will be the best way to keep up with me there. And then also through my journey of eating nothing but little Caesars for the next month. Yeah. And is that going to be more on TikTok? That's going to be more on TikTok, but I'll be posting a lot of updates on my stories as well. Um, So there's that as far as closing remarks. um, Yeah. I would say, obviously I'm just trying to think when someone's listening through the show, what what are they going to think of me? And the truth is I I don't really think too much uh, about what, other people think of me but in this sense anything that i said if it sounds like i'm trying to tell you how to live your life or anything i'm not i don't really know anything right. but this no, is just no kind one of, no one really knows this is anything. just what's worked for me and what seems to be working for the people around me 
you know, as far as any like career or life advice mm -hmm. uh, that I have. Um, so yeah, that would be, and you know what? I never agree with anything that I hear people say on podcasts a hundred percent. I'll listen to this and I won't agree with myself a hundred percent. So take everything that I said with a grain of salt, except for, I, I think I probably said some good stuff about Jesus. That's facts, but looking at that yourself, that's pretty important. Uh, but yeah, that's that next episode. You have Michael Weber, my fellow yeah. class of 2018 Cambridge high school graduate there coming on. So that, that will be my closing remark is stay tuned for that. Yeah. That'll be up January something <laughs> seven days after January 5th. I can't, I can't, I can't do math right now, but, uh, I think the 12th, 12, I think that's right. 11th or 12th. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be January 12th, but we'd like to thank Eli for coming on. No problem. The honored first guest on the podcast. Hey, if we start hitting a million views in like three or four years, you're probably doing pretty good, right? <laughs> so, so that's always the goal, but, um, Thank you for coming on. Dude, no problem. Thanks for having um, me on. It's an honor. Everyone else, stay tuned. We're going to have more. If you want to support us, we have no sponsors, but we do sell this here. <laughs> it's not like, uh, I, I don't know. It's it's not like an MLM. Like, I'm not trying to pawn it right. off on you. But we actually wholesale this. So we buy it wholesale, uh, and then we can sell that back to you cheaper than retail. So if you're in the area and you want to support what we're doing, you can come buy some uh, pre-workout. This is called Bucked Up. This is a really good flavor right here. So it'll get you going. I drank some before the podcast. That's probably why I've been talking so long. But um, good stuff. It tastes good. It smells good. We sell shirts and stuff too. I'm not going to sell out on the first episode. I'll sell out for you. Yeah. So they have a lot of good merch and stuff like that that you guys can buy if you it's guys on, need on uh, video work. You or uh anything with live streaming then hit up kg productions is that the official kgp.tv kgp.tv you can find us on instagram at that follow on instagram whatever you're watching this on just click the little profile that's connected to you and then you can follow some links and that'll eventually lead you to your person that you need to contact for whatever you need caleb for and support local businesses because remember throughout all this local businesses are what keep our economy spinning. And uh, it's really awesome to see someone like Caleb doing this. And this dude gives a lot back into the community. There's no one our age that is doing more for our community than Caleb. So if you guys want to support him and keep on supporting the community as a whole, then please use him uh, before you use other people. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you guys later. Bye. Be gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There we go. Well,